up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, episode number 255, an episode of almost polar opposites. On one side, we have the big-budget, PG-rated, animated Disney feature in the form of Encanto. And on the, on the other side, we have a rated R Ridley Scott crime drama with emphasis on the R rating in the form of House of Gucci. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. Joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Roger Stillian, and our lovely permanent guest, Chris. I want to wear all the Gucci bon. Guys, how are you this week? He called me lovely. I did. I also thought of the two of you, you'd be the one to wear the Gucci. But I could be wrong about me? that. Do I, do I scream out the most relevant Gucci guy in the room? I'm doing <laughs> I something terribly wrong. I don't, <laughs> yes. Well, oh, I don't. Uh, I've never been a fan of Gucci at all, so I can't speak for that either way. This, I but. used to wear duct tape shoes to school. Did you Just really? To point that out. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you have one oh, of those Versace then? <laughs> did you have one of those cool uh, duct tape wallets as well? No, no, no. I like. First off. That's a oxy moron. There's no such thing as a cool <laughs> duct tape wallet. What? I used to have one of those. I thought they were pretty clever. Clever? Sure. Yeah, I, I like I like duct tape. Anyway, what's going on, gentlemen? How are we this week? It's useful for his activities outside of the podcast. Are you insinuating that I like, kidnap people and duct tape their mouths shut? Oh, that's what they... you're copping to. That's the first thing you went to. <laughs> well, what else? Sounds is like someone's for? a little bit guilty. <laughs> Maybe I am. You'll never, you'll never find the bodies, and you'll never know. What have you guys been up to this week? Anything? Mm. Nothing really. No, this week's been pretty dry. We are in December. Okay, it it's is, been a little snowy. It's been Christmas, Christmas time. Snow. Is it a joke? I mean, it was bad. That was. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> are your are your guys' trees up yet? Did you put up trees? Yes. Yeah, mine's been up for a while, actually. Very nice, Chris. What about you? Your trees up? It's you see, up. You I haven't put out my, my outside lights yet. Hold on, hold, hold on, hold on. Why, why did you sound so annoyed by that, Chris? So I love Christmas time, and I like you know all the Christmas songs, all that kind of stuff. I loathe the whole decorating portion of Christmas, and I don't like putting up the tree. It's just tedious, even with kids, and they love it. It's just not my thing. Is Never. it a real tree or is it a, a assembled by color dots? Have you ever seen real the trees? Are a disaster. Have you ever seen the nightmares that come from real trees? That will never be in my house. We had know? a real tree I'll for move. for most of my life growing up. Yeah, and I mean it's cool for like a day because <laughs> it smells real nice yeah, yeah, yeah. and woodsy, and yeah. after that it's just shrapnel everywhere. <laughs> you know, just leaves or uh, excuse me needles falling mm-hmm. off that you think you vacuum up and then you find one months later as it in wedges your in your foot yeah. <laughs> no terrible no well i mean and for, like, the, the spider stories you hear from that crap nope i don't need any of that in my what, life. Well, hold, on, hold on what spider stories i have to know like, what's like story? like whole spider net like like spider egg clumps in these trees that you that you don't see when you're bringing it in and they hatch in your home and it's just Okay. And then you have to burn your house it's down a, because those are the rules. It's a platoon of parachutes. I actually just watched a movie with Selma Hayek and um, Alec Baldwin. And spider spider paratroopers? Spider tree? Yeah. They were, they were, the revenge. They were, they were trying to keep from their daughter how broke they were and they were losing their house and everything. And she ends up – somewhere in the movie she ends up putting on a wig – but spider eggs hatch inside the wig and they're streaming all over her body. I don't and I, was, I was, I was, I had to pause the movie and like, Ugh! I just have to light myself on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the rules. <laughs> one of my, one of my favorite spider stories, Roger, is someone's like, guys, I, I can't be sure, but I think there was a, a little spider on your wall and Roger just looks at me and I'm behind the concession stand working at Marquee. Roger says with all sincerity and serious in his voice, he said, burn We're going to burn this place down. Go ahead, Grace, and start, start the, 
go ahead and get the kerosene. We're gonna burn this place to the ground. <laughs> she, That's the rule. I agree. He with kept a straight. He kept a straight face, even when the woman looked at him. Like, is he serious? Yes. He, Roger kept his composure. I was quite impressed. I was laughing because I knew he was joking. I hoped he was joking. I mean, but, I to your knowledge, I haven't yet burned down the movie <laughs> To my knowledge, that's correct. But spiders are no bueno. I keep on forgetting to tell you about this, Roger. This is uh, just something that happens in my normal week, but I've been told I have to tell you this. Hmm. Whenever time I pick up my daughter from preschool, my my youngest, she's she's three, about to be four, and I pick her up and we ask her, you know, yeah, did you have a good day? You know, did you have a good time? She says, yes, I played with, you know, whatever her friend's name is. Well, now she's asking the same questions back. She's at that age. Mm. So, so uh, I, at one time in this three-year-old's life, I told her that, you know, I have a friend named Roger. Okay. That I go do the podcast with that I work with. So I picked her up one day and she asked, and every, now every time I pick her up, she asked me if, if she, she asked me, daddy, did you play with Roger today? Yeah, I played with Roger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought it was cool. How was he? He was sad. <laughs> Very, yeah, very, but every time I pick her up now, it's you know, she asked me if I play with Roger. I'm glad, yeah. So, there you go, you're important in some child's life. It's so, great, what you're for. I got two two kids care for me. That's it. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> Good enough. Did you guys watch anything else besides what we watched for the show this week? I finished Arcane, it is. Absolutely fantastic. That's good. I have this whole week to block out. I was supposed to go on vacation with my siblings in St. Croix in the Caribbean, but I did not go. So as I, a as a League of Legends fan, Arcane was worth every bit of my time. If you're not a League of Legends fan and you like, you know, just animation style stuff, it is worth every bit of your time. Good. Yeah, awesome. I'm gonna catch up on that. I have lots of time this week. So I've been watching Hawkeye. Yeah. So it's all right. It's all right. I forgot about Hawkeye. One out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying I've watched the first two. I didn't watch this week's episode yet, but I got I got Spider Man movies to cram in this week. Spider Man, that's right. We're a week away from Spider Man, aren't we? I Holy haven't crap. seen any of the new Tom Holland Spider Man movies yet. I'm sorry, you'll like them. Yeah, well, I figure I know I will. I just haven't watched. watched I know them. there's a theater here showing it this weekend. There's on Friday. There's a theater showing it. Yeah. Two, two two showings. I was I kind of like so I'm on Bay. I start, you know, personally. I start uh, my last vacation of the year. This week, I go in, I have a half day of work on Tuesday, and then I'm off for like six, seven days, which is nice. Um, but it's funny, the one week that we don't have to watch any movies in the theater is the week we, uh, we're probably not going to be watching any, you know, I don't have to make time to watch a movie, because we're going to do multiple streaming things next week. Spoiler, we're doing multiple streaming things next week. But it's like I have all the time in the world to go somewhere, watch something in IMAX if I wanted there to. You go. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I did think about making a special trip to go watch Ghostbusters in IMAX, but I don't want to watch the second viewing. Yeah. You know, because, you know, a nice, you know, couple week, you know, t- seven day early run of Spider Man would be awesome. There you go, yeah. Because I would definitely do that and only want to talk about that next week. <laughs> that's just me. And I'm super pumped up for Spider Man, by the way. Each each time I see it, it looks better and better. So, I'm, no, I'm, I'm probably pretty fucking hate it. Throw us with that. And yeah. what did what did we see today, Roger? That got us very excited. Uh, a teaser for Across the Spider Verse, Spider Man into the Spider Verse oh, yeah. Two. I'm ready for that. Which has him so largely cool. getting his ass beat by 2099 Spider Man. Yep. <laughs> which good he's also bigger now which is well, he grew up i know a couple years I know. man i love he's got drawings of gwen yeah <laughs> he's like 
Uh, and she's and she's yeah. Susie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm very excited. I mean, look, that first movie is. I mean, <laughs> I'm grounded. Is Spider Man grounded? <laughs> that first uh, movie is, is so. I mean, it really is. Oh, it, it's just stellar. Like stellar is still underselling it. That movie is so good. The best comic book movie to date, hands down. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's the most comic book movie to date too. A, I mean, it really is fair point, like yeah. a lot, like a comic yeah. book. Oh man, that's got. I'm so excited for that. That comes out what 2022 next year around this time. I said right? October. Is October what it said, which yeah. that's kind of weird, right? You think if they had, you know, first I would think that they would try to slam that home either in Christmas, like they did the last one, which was fine, or big budget summertime. Yeah. Well, I have a theory behind that. Is yeah, the other one came out around in in mid December, but I have a feeling that they think it's going to do so well that it'll still be around. Christmas. If they release it in October, it'll still be around in Christmas and be doing a second round of, oh, let's, let's go watch that. I mean, that's a good marketing strategy if the movie does stay in theaters and survives that long. It's just weird with all the movies that get shuffled through around Halloween time and I don't know. Agreed. But hey, listen, if, it, if that's what it's got to be for me to get a second Spider-Man movie, I'm here for it. Spider-Man. Yes, indeed, sirs. All right, gentlemen. If you didn't know, this is episode 255 before The Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, which posts each and every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Each and every week, we look at the box office, current and upcoming releases, what streaming, trailers, and movies of the week. So without further ado, gentlemen, let's jump into the box office. And number one, it should be no surprise to anyone, Encanto, $12.7 million, bringing in a I'm world- surprised by that. You're surprised by the number? or Shut up. Okay, I got you. <laughs> Worldwide of 116. That's not bad. Ghostbusters Afterlife claimed the number two spot this week, 10.4 million. 145. There we, there we go. House yes, of Gucci, 6.8, only bringing in 67.2 million. That could do better. Ridley Scott, you hear me? All right, 4.1 million for Christmas with The Chosen, The Messengers. 8.7 million is the worldwide total. Yep, that'll be gone next week. Eternals, $3.9 million, number five, bringing in a worldwide of 300, 384. That could break 400 if it stays around long enough. I just don't know if it'll be in theaters the next two or three weeks. Well, I mean, nothing pushing it out this week. No, it's still got another week of doing what it's doing. So, I mean, is it a strong enough movie itself to stay? Probably not, but... I mean, it's okay, though. Yeah, it, but it's just okay. That's the that's the it problem. It's just okay. But when nothing else is coming out, just okay is fine. Yeah. That's true. That is very true. Um, I mean, I, I expect more from a Marvel movie when it's size just okay, but I mean, this one was, we, we, we talked about how it wasn't, you know, one of the top, in the top half or even in the top two thirds. But I no, mean, it's definitely it bottom five for Marvel movies on my book. Yeah. Bottom you, three, maybe. But you hate to see it. Bottom though. three? Wow. You think so, Chris? Bottom three? I don't, I mean, the only thing I can think of is worse is, Iron Man and if you, I don't I don't even count the Incredible Hulk and I hate yeah. that movie. The you mean the the it's one not that, worse than Thor Dark World? Oh, I think it might be. Well, actually. No, 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 that would put it in the bottom three because okay. I don't count I don't count Incredible Hulk. Okay, okay, sure. okay, okay. That is I never considered that, but holy crap, Chris, you might be onto something. Hmm. Thor Dark World is pretty bad. All right, this past weekend brought us. Oh, we're in December. This past weekend, the third brought us Wolf. December 10th brings us National Champions, West Side Story. It's a big week. 
And then the 15th, Rumble, the animated kids movie, goes in on Paramount+. Plus. That's a Wednesday. Note that. December 17th, which is a Friday. It's a big weekend. Nightmare Alley and Spider-Man No Way Home. That's going to be a big one. Big one. Is Nightmare Alley supposed to be a big deal? When's Clifford 2 come out? Oh, my. Two years from now, right? Revenge of the Kaiju. All right. December 22nd, that's the Wednesday following that Nightmare Alley, Spider-Man. That's going to be The Kingsman, The Matrix Resurrections, Sing 2, the tender bar. I I have a all the same week. All the same week. It's well, Christmas that, week. That's Christmas, on Wednesday. Christmas is usually a whole style change. All right. So, so that's when that's Wednesday, and Friday, which is December twenty fourth. Liquor's Pizza. Don't look up. To I say I'd say moderately big movies. And Saturday, Christmas Day, American Underdog and A Journal for Jordan with Cyrano. Following up on Friday the thirty first, which may or may not really be a thing that's so weird where top gun to go they moved it remember they moved it back to fourth of july again it was supposed to be uh they, they ruined our top gun remember we're supposed to have jackass as well know, they know. took that away from me <laughs> assholes mm, you were very excited we're all very excited i shouldn't say you. first you off very everybody if you're not excited about jackass you have no idea how i live my life <laughs> Just, but everyone should be so excited. much fun yeah all right, well, let's take a look at multiple Oscar winner Johnny Knoxville. Let's take a look at what streaming. <laughs> this week we're taking a look at Netflix. I know, Roger and Chris, you're going to love this. The Christmas Chronicles by director Clay Cadis, Kurt Russell, Darby Camp, Kimberly Williams Paisley, Judah Lewis. 2018, of the two of them, that's the one that's it's okay. It's an okay Christmas movie. It really gets you in the spirit. Kurt Russell's pretty good at Santa Claus. Your kids should like it. It's, I think it's a pretty decent all-around movie. The second one I just forget ever existed. But yeah, that's the second one. That's why why you didn't recommend the uh, the duo of those two movies. No, I, I, I cannot in good conscience recommend. The duo. And keep <laughs> in mind, one, what a disaster! Oh my god! And keep in mind, last week I recommended all three Matrix movies. <laughs> so that's that's, that's, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> true. All right, switching gears a little bit. Also on Netflix, a very heralding Kumar Christmas, which I thought that movie was hilarious. Ah, I'm over, that's okay. That's Directed fine. by Todd Strauss Schulson. Cal Penn, John Cho, Neil Patrick Harris, Patton Oswalt, 2011. Boy, those movies get off the rails yeah, pretty movie's quick. 10 years old. It is. You know, you know what else I watched? Did you sound 39 earlier? Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the third one. What Dreams May Come. Not a Christmas movie, but directed by Vincent Ward, Robin Williams, Cuba Gooding Jr., Max von Sydow, 1998. That movie is weird, and some would call it brilliant, some would just and call it average. <laughs> It's a really kind of interesting look into dreams. Weirdness. Yeah, but it's I, I actually really enjoy that movie more than I should, but I really enjoy that. That's a very overproduced movie in 1998 <laughs> that suffers from being overproduced, but I still like it. All right, gentlemen, before we move on to trailers, let's talk about Ridley Scott for a few minutes. As we brought him up last week, he has been in the media lately for negative reasons. As you know, in October, we talked about The Last Duel, uh, we, we we fairly liked it. It's a pretty good movie. It made twenty eight million dollars off a hundred million dollar budget. Massive losses. Ridley Scott's uh, took to the media and said some things that he probably shouldn't have. And by probably shouldn't have, I mean he definitely he definitely have. should not have. Um, Roger, what did Ridley Scott say? It just in a nutshell, what did Ridley, Ridley Scott say? Ridley Scott said his movie bombed because the millennials wouldn't put down their phones. No, they're fucking phones. Let's they're say that. Fucking phones. All right, I have a. I want to read this on um, uh, one of the hmm, – I want to make sure I get the – I don't know what website this is. But the quote Ridley Scott says 
I want to make sure. Okay, Ridley complained. Okay. I think what it boils down to, we, we got lucky today, are the audiences who are brought up on these fucking cell phones. The millennials do not ever want to be taught anything unless they're told they're told it on a cell phone. This is a broad stroke, but I think we're dealing with it right now with Facebook. This is a misdirection that has happened everywhere. It's given the wrong kind of confidence to the latest generation, I think. Do you want to know how I know you're old? You mentioned Facebook. <laughs> it's true. I was going to say that. <laughs> but All right, so... In, in here, there's a couple of problems with this. The pandemic makes things weird for everybody. Yes. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure, Ridley, if you're talking about a $100 million budget movie going in, you'd be foolish to release that in theaters only. There was no streaming option, at least at the time. The, the Blu-ray is out here very soon, or the 4K, whatever. It's out now, I think. It. Yeah, okay, you can watch it. The, the, the digital copy is available. You'd be foolish to put a movie out, theatrical only, in the middle of a pandemic. And I think, I mean, technically we still are in the middle of a pandemic without some kind of insurance. So I don't care what the budget – I don't care what the box office says. $28 million is not the only return they got back in that movie. I'm sure they got got, – they have insurance claims that gave them some money back for not doing so. I don't know how that works. But I'm sure they got some money back for that. I mean, you'd be foolish to think they didn't. Wouldn't you guys agree with that? Sure. I mean, yeah, that's a thing. But uh, I don't know. It just seems so weird to complain about this when no one knew about your movie until two weeks before it came out. Also, for the love of God, why would you ever blame the audience for anything? Especially when you show your whole ass by saying, Millennials. Do you yeah. know what that means, sir? Because you do not. Because I am 39 years old. I am a millennial. I am your peak demographic. And I don't give a shit about your movie. All right? That's all I was going to say. Whose fault mean, is that, buddy? Hold on. We, you, spoke of a pro, you spoke positively of the it's last It's a story. fine movie. But like saying shit like that, blaming a whole generation agree, of people. is that is, Dude, that is such an old man thing to do. Well, I mean. It couldn't have been we didn't market it well. Or, hey, maybe we should have held it till the summer. Or it couldn't have been nothing we did wrong. What did it come out against? It's what, those what? goddamn kids and their cell October, phones. October, October. Mid-October. Because like we, weeks ago. The movie, it wasn't even the main movie of the week that we covered. No, I don't believe it was. You know, so it's one of those things where it's like, you know, what did your movie come out against? You know, how, how good was your marketing campaign, which was shit poor for this one? It's And then to, to knee-jerk, maybe even not knee-jerk, but to blame the audience themselves for being the issue and why you didn't make the money. I mean, I don't know. Well, okay. Well, look, look at where we've come. Ridley Scott's been making movies for a lot of decades. Cool. He went from, but like, I mean, I understand kind of his thought process. I mean, he gets a little confused with like people. He's old. It's not okay. I mean, look at him. He's old. Okay. I started at Carmike in 2002. Cell phones were barely a thing. There's certainly, I mean, the most complicated thing on a cell phone was snake, maybe a calculator if you were lucky. Um, that was just not happening. I mean, streaming was barely a thing. Cable internet was barely a thing yet. Uh, I mean, you had to go to the theater to watch a movie. And I mean, I get where he's coming from because things have changed almost a hundred percent since he was in his heyday making movies. Yeah. But that, but if you're not going to adjust to that, that's no one's fault, but your own. True. It's not the yes. audience's fault that that's shifted. It's your fault for not figuring out how to make that. Well, work. There, there, there's, there's a couple of different articles, but that's I wanted to read that quote because that's what really yeah. said. But there's a couple oh, yeah, of yeah. articles 
some people, you know, you guys know me. I die on that hill with, I say, if you have a choice between theatrical or streaming, experience a movie theatrically. Yes, it's I understand that. It's I a much better that. experience. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to stream no, but, 40, you know, you know, at least 40% of the things I watch. One of the random, one of the several articles I, I looked at this, because everyone covered this, because, I mean, it's been a while since someone of that big, <laughs> of that high caliber said That's something stupid. that stupid. Um, <laughs> The movie attendance is is just from you know twenty years ago is down like like seventy percent in general sure. even not in a pandemic. I mean, from three years ago, it's down. Yeah, and I mean, and the article goes in to talk about where are all the film fanatics? Where are all the people that like to watch movies? They're not watching movies like they used to. Whoa. Kids are watching movies once. You know, even 17, 18, 19, college age, even above college in the thirties, used to watch movies two and three times. Well, so, the same uh, movie, and they don't anymore. Yeah, but here's the thing. Those movies that are making three hundred million plus right now in the middle of this pandemic that are that we, we hear the movie like amount they made and we're surprised about it we go dang the movie fanatics are the ones making that happen still that's who's going to see your movies well it's so true they're still there it's it's your it's a lot of your average you know moviegoers it's your ones that are in states that are still under harsher lockdowns that kind of thing all that plays into it the people that are seeing your movies are the people that want to see your movies. And directly blame that crowd. That's a yeah, shit. You're 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 blaming the one crowd that did watch your movie. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're blaming the guy, the people that went to see your movie. Yeah, that's it's just a bad. I don't understand. I mean, maybe he's just old enough and rich enough that he doesn't care. I mean, he's old enough. That's for damn sure. Well, ultimately, though, when we're talking about the last duel, which is a serviceable movie, yeah. it's almost like audiences didn't get super hyped up to watch a seven hundred year old tale of rape. Weird, right? <laughs> I mean. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's just that, that's the truth, though. That's, the, that's what that movie is about. Grace. It's a, it's, 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 it's about a rape really, allegation, sure. But I mean, it's Grace. This is where you cue, uh, cue the closeout music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it, but it, but what? It, okay, it's Adam Driver. You know, Ben Affleck, um, Matt Damon, the wonderful Jodie Comer. It, it's got a good cast all perform wonderfully and admirably like it does like it's a good it's a well-made movie but the problem is roger i think you hit one of the nails right on the head is that's that's tough subject matter for a lot of people to get past especially knowing what it is going into it now i i know that disney in some of these articles Disney claims they did market this because now disney has gone I mean, disney fox. owned the movie owns yeah disney owns yeah. fox so I don't remember seeing I mean and 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 us three the three of us on this show Chris Roger and me we were the one we have been we never stopped going to theatrical movies when whenever they became available again we yeah, went we to there. go see them and we were pumped we didn't see we were some of the only people in theaters I'm <laughs> we didn't we didn't still, see still the, him <laughs> we didn't see the trailer for our last duel if, if if it came out in October probably sometime mid September yeah I was gonna say, like, I I I I mean it when I say 2 weeks effectively that's when I remember seeing things about it and all of a sudden we were going to see it and we were watching everything that was coming out now i can understand someone say oh you guys didn't see it online well no it's well but i mean we joke about that all the time when suddenly a movie sneaks out on us because we do watch a lot of trailers like even stuff we don't talk about on the show you know we send stuff around to each other be like hey have you seen this yet do you think we should talk about it? we do that all the time between the three of us and i do it between a group another group of people as well but it's like when things like that, when a movie sneaks up on us legitimately, it's not because we missed it. Yeah. Okay. It is rare for it to be on us. Like you didn't do a good job here. 
And I don't count. I mean, sometimes we get trailers for movies a year in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Like we talked, we talked ten minutes ago about an end of the Spider Verse two trailer that comes out in October. I mean, <laughs> in my opinion, if you believed in your movie so hard ahead of time, why didn't why didn't you have a trailer out sooner for it? That makes no sense to me, right? Less like, than, and, and I don't care what this is the hill I'm also going to die on. I don't care if you slathered all over the internet. If it's not, if your trailer isn't showing before the theatrical releases. It's not being advertised. I don't care what you say. It's not being advertised. You know, you could say, "Oh, did you see the trailer on on, on Vanity Fair and Wired?" No, because I don't. What? Put the put the trailer where people that are that watch movies are going to fucking see this thing. Why would you not? So that leads to me. None of these articles talk about if there was a decision to put it out. Like if if it was a if if it was a decision in August or September to put it out in October, I don't see that being the case. I don't. I think they made that decision many months in advance. It was just it's just a, such a weird take to have. It's a weird mindset. It's a bad look. Yeah. It is a very bad. I mean, it's 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 not often a, a high-profile director at Ridley Scott says something so profoundly stupid. Yeah, I mean, this dude has made some iconic movies and you get pissed because one of them bombs towards the end of your career. Well, guess what? We're going to talk about a second Ridley Scott movie today. And Oh boy. We'll talk about how he's, he's coming back into the good graces of people. And I will say that... Is that, is that it? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's, it's going to be... A oh, no, no, I only watched it. part of House of Gucci because I was on my phone. <laughs> I, you know what? I missed the middle of it. You know, I, I, I fell asleep after playing some Clash Royale in the middle of the movie. <laughs> I was I was sending some tweets. I was, yeah. I, was, I was reading some tweets. I tweeted about how dope it was to be back at the movies again. <laughs> I was reading some article on Ridley Scott during the movie. I yeah, don't know. I, somebody yeah. sent me a text and I had to read this article in the whole movie. It was weird. Yeah, I didn't have my phone on silent either. You know, so I, I attribute I attribute what Ridley Scott said to going all the way back to 2008, Roger. You remember this, when McGee said Terminator Salvation was his aliens. I mean, other other profoundly <laughs> stupid things. Like that is one of the most profoundly stupid things a high profile director at the time has said. No, you're no, that wasn't your aliens. That, that what's he done since then? Uh, he's done nothing that would that he was advertising because I, th- I think he was smart enough to disappear for a long time because of what he said. <laughs> this is the Zoid. But he he he's, he's made stuff. He just hasn't left. been talking about it. But. I mean, that's how profoundly dumb I think what Ridley Scott said was. And I am I am generally a fan of it. I like a lot of his movies. And a lot of his movies in my early formative years, they really kind of galvanized me to be, to do this industry. I've worked in this industry, a lot of it because of men like James Cameron, Ridley Scott. Some of their movies defined my love for movies. I mean, Top Gun, my buddy Kevin and I, 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 I would go over to his house in elementary school and we, we'd watch that movie twice in a 24-hour period because he was obsessed with it. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, I mean, I knew who Ridley Scott was before I knew how to, my state capitals. Ridley, why'd you say that? Actually, Ridley, if you want to come on the show and defend yourself, you have an open, you have an open and standing invitation. But uh, don't, don't get mad. Don't, don't, don't get mad at Roger. He'll be on his phone the whole time. Don't get mad. That'd be funny if you came on the show and you're just like, oh, sorry, the Ridley one I was sending a tweet. Sorry, man, I had to send a text. What was that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Well, so, I mean... Just to close out this, I mean, we're all in agreement with what that was profoundly stupid. I mean, it's just—it's an asinine thing to say. Whether it's about about me, about you know whatever, it's not a good. It's never a good idea to bash the people you want to get money from. 
Wait, let me just put one thing in perspective. The last thing I say about it. Could you imagine? Like, we're going to talk about Encanto this week. And spoiler, we all think Encanto is a pretty good movie. That okay? looks decent. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. But could you imagine if, like, two weeks from now, the director comes out and be like, you know what the problem is? Is these kids that wouldn't come see our movie. You know what I mean? Imagine somebody saying that. They're too busy on their You know, imagine these eight-year-olds that couldn't get down to the movie theater to watch this movie. Yep. They would exactly. never do that. No, no, because it's, it's the same thing. I just and one last thing I will say about the aliens thing that McGee said in this thing or the Terminator Salvation thing is like Ridley Scott said that right before House of Gucci came out and wasn't great. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, boy, it was, spoiler, it was well timed. House of Gucci, <laughs> also not great. Uh-oh. I mean, you can talk that trash, but as a director, you boy, you better have a product come down the pipeline very soon that's going to prove you right. And House of Gucci was not that movie. We'll get into that in a little bit. I mean, I think House of Gucci is an okay movie. I don't think we'll start doing sound drops terrible, and just but... do the sad tuba from Prices <laughs> Right. All right, gentlemen, let's put um, let's put the kibosh on the Ridley Scott discussion and kibosh? move into kibosh. Kaiju. Some... <laughs> let's look at the trailers. Let's talk about Channing Tatum in Dog. So this is by far and away the best movie trailer we saw today. Yeah, I think so. I don't know, though. I did watch somebody get a hold drill delay. Oh. <laughs> Channing Tatum. Spoiler, that's not from Dog. <laughs> dog. Not, not not to be confused with the, the Comberbach movie, Netflix movie, The Power of Dog. Was that's that, out. Yeah, that's out. That's you guys want to be depressed. Um, <laughs> so, okay, you're, Dog. You're in for depression. It's just another Sunday. Dog has Channing Tatum taking a and, dog from point A to point B. And a dog. So this is, I mean, this is a buddy, this is going to be like a buddy cop movie, right? I bet you this movie's actually sad. This is girl bait, right? No. You don't think? No, I don't think so. You got the good looking Channing Tatum and a dog in a This movie. is make dudes cry movie. This yeah, is what this is. is. make dudes cry material? 100%. I think it's both. 100%. percent say both. Channing, this is an odd choice for Channing, if you ask me. I don't know why. Why? Done why? This. Hey, did you see? The, hold on, did you see they started working on Magic Mike three? Yeah, I'm. I'm on the post that on our on our social media. Hold on, Chris. Serious question: Have you ever watched Magic Mike? Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> the first one's incredible. The second one wasn't. It was not so incredible. No. However, the first Magic Mike is a goddamn good time. <laughs> and don't tell me you didn't like no, it. It's true. It's true. So that was. Soderbergh, who did the first I one. Seen the second one, and Soderbergh coming back for the third one too. It's not great. I think he's anyway. But, but yeah, gotcha. Well, still okay. Anyway, well, what do you guys back think about Magic Mike for a minute? <laughs> back to Dog. What do you guys think about Dog? I, I think it looks good. I think. It, I mean, I laughed a good bit in this trailer. I think Roger did too. Yeah, it looks entertaining enough. The part where he's drinking the water <laughs> bottle and the dog jumps, bites the water bottle off his hand, explodes in his face, and just disappears. Yep. Yes. Good. I think this will it'll be an okay movie. Most of the dog movies we watch are are, are okay. Um we watch well, sad. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a good sad, isn't it? I mean there's a bad sad I don't believe sad. that there's such a thing. No, as a good sad. sad. <laughs> I mean, unless you just want to see a bunch of dudes blubbering around crying. I think it has some potential. I'm excited. I mean I'm, I will never forget them <laughs> when we talk about all the time the Marley and Me thing from Christmas. Oh god. You ever watch Marley and Me, Chris? I, I got to avoid that one. It's sad. The dog dies in the end. Spoiler. <laughs> so, but they released Marley and Me several, you know, whatever, years and years ago when I was still at the movie theater on Christmas Day. Yeah. So it's just packed full of families. Oh, God. And so when they're leaving, <laughs> dude, I'm talking like ugly crying. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> hundreds of people oh, just openly weeping. Just just feeding the, the misery that is Roger. Best Christmas ever. <laughs> if I have to work on Christmas Day, I'm happy. You're fucking crying. You're, you're gaining untold power that That's day. That's right. <laughs> One of my favorite things working on Christmas Day was people be like, oh, you have, you have to work today? I would just stare yeah, at them like... because you come to the yeah, movies. Yeah. Oh, God. And all those so people, weird that you're working. Two tickets, please. Like, what the hell? And all that those sucks people, for you. And all those people would always assume that concessions were free on Christmas. <laughs> what? what? Why would I should tri- charge triple. <laughs> all right. Book of Boba Fett. Trailer 2. Go. Look, it still looks good. I mean, I don't know what you want from me. It's still got that terrible overhead slash by Boba Fett that looks absolutely asinine on screen. But it's... Star Wars fans are happy. Boba Fett fans are happy. This is not going to be bad. It's Disney. That's two asinines in this episode. Mm. I don't know how I feel about it. I agree with Chris. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Moving along. There's your Boba Fett. I don't think it's going to do anything groundbreaking, but... I mean, here's the thing. Did Mandalorian didn't do anything groundbreaking. It was just a damn good show, right? Yeah, it was was going to be. The worst thing Disney's made in the last six months that we've seen, we said, was an average movie, which was... What, the Eternals? The Eternals. You know what I mean? So, until proven otherwise, keep on churning out the machine that is Disney. Do you see they canceled Turner and Hooch? I did see that. It was sad. Nope. <laughs> Wait, why is it sad? Like what? It's not. It's not. Turner Hooch stinks. I'm sure it was <laughs> crap. Yep, that's why it got canceled. Yeah. Moving right along. Moving right along. All right. <laughs> Turns out Turner Hooch cost fifty-eight million dollars. He didn't. No, it didn't. No, didn't. <laughs> that's not factual. <laughs> Jesus. That's a fully robot dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man. All right, let's talk about Shattered. Okay. Whoa. So this is the trailer that has somebody getting a na- or a, a drill through their leg, and I went, "Oh my god!" No, <laughs> no, because like, because she insinuates it in the trailer, you know, the the screen before, and she does the whole yin yin thing. You know what I mean? The whole nine yards. I never expected in the trailer to see the drill in action inside of the leg. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't need this. Not great, Bob. Nope. nope. <laughs> I'm squeamish. That I don't. I don't know beautiful. what this movie's about. Looks wild. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. The trailer's pretty. It's it's not a short trailer. No, it's all over the place. There's a good bit of stuff in this trailer. I'm I'm afraid this is going to suffer from. My B movie won't make it unless I show people all the cool shit. You know what I mean? So you're going to watch this thing and. See a lot of plot convenience and the same stuff you've already seen in the trailer. You're just kind of wait for well, it. Well, John Malkovich, Frank Grillo are in it, so I mean that's got to be something, right? No, I mean we had a discussion earlier that Frank Grillo just do whatever he wants. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be a million. Same with John. Three days. Know? Actually, John Malkovich is doing a lot of stuff lately. Yeah. Again, which is fine. He's a weird dude, anyways. Yeah. He's into things like his. Yeah, I know. It's just it's just one of those things where you know, I don't know this this weird ish movie trailer. Probably showed a lot of its hand already, which is going to be depressing, but whatever. I, I have Becky. no idea what it's about. I like I Becky like a lot. Becky. We should watch that again. Becky, yeah. I mean, multiple people die by a ruler. Mm. Yes. It's a very we should watch Becky. Where's Becky 2? Yeah, right? That's what we need. You guys mm-hmm. are obsessed with All Becky 2. We're not going to get Becky 2. Why? Because there's no story left to tell. Yeah, no open ending. Yeah, it did. It was open. <laughs> completely open. Do you guys really think we're going to Becky 2? Yes! That movie did okay. I would champion a Becky 2. <laughs> Kevin James and Roy. I Nazi hope they resurrect Je- Kevin James. I hope he's a zombie Nazi this time. Nazi zombie. It happens I mean, all it, the time. It works. It happens all the time. It does, actually. It happens quite a bit. Um, Shattered, it's one of those things. 
it doesn't look like it looks like it was made for cheap and on the quick. So all jokes aside, like, I bet like, Shattered is a disaster. Oh, it's gotta be just a mess. I would a bet bloody, you probably bloody like. mess. But I mean, it, it'll, it'll find its audience because people do love that gore. So, I mean, even like Saw Eight made a ton of money. Like an eight Saw movie made a ton of money. So what does that tell you? People like Saw. People like gore. I guess I don't, I don't know. I mean, the first the first two Saw movies are incredible. I mean, Saw had enough, you know, had enough stuff to make you know seven movies before the eighth one probably has a following. Yeah, the first two movies are pretty good. Third one where it kind of starts going downhill. It gets weird. I mean, what was the one we watched with Chris Rock? That was okay, right? That was, yeah, that was Spiral. Oh, Spiral, yeah, the book from the book. Yeah, itself. it was all right. It was okay. Yeah, it's, it has problems. And... Yeah, I definitely think we get another one of those. Yeah, if that matters. <laughs> See, I don't yeah, think we we haven't heard anything about it. So Chris Rock's weird screen face that I don't understand what emotions happening there. If it's pain or sadness or anger, both. All right, you gentlemen want to talk about House of Gucci first or Encanto? Up to you. I th- I, well, I mean, we just talked about Ridley, so let's talk about let's talk about the movie. Right, let's talk about House of Gucci. Why not? Yep. Ridley right, Scott, we're, we're coming for you, buddy. All right, House of Gucci. Let's talk about the Rotten Tomato score for one second. House of Gucci Rotten Tomato score. Tomato meter. It's sixty-two percent, with the audience score being eighty-three percent. And I bet it's actually 70- not a terrible place to be. I bet seventy-five percent of those of those eighty-three for the fans. Or Lady Gaga fans. <laughs> you're not. You're, you're probably not wrong. Gaga. Right? Gaga. Lady, Lady Gaga. Good luck on hearing that. All right, Lady Gaga, <laughs> Adam Driver, Jared Leto, Jeremy Irons, Al Pacino, Selma Hayek. Uh, that's that's a hell of a cast directed by Ridley Scott. That is an easy sell for a movie ticket. One hundred percent should be. Yeah, a very easy sell. But it's less, it's not doing what. The, the the box office numbers does not reflect the director and cast I just read. Now, do you what do you think before we get into it? Since we just talked about his latest blunder, um, his media blunder, do you think that has anything to do with p- keeping people away from watching this movie? No, 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 I don't think so. I think the what the be the downfall for this movie, honestly, would be the subject matter, mm-hmm. and it's not because it's hard to watch. It's just I don't think a lot of people, unless you're like a Lady Gaga fan or an Adam Driver fan. I don't think you would be like, listen, it's a story about the Gucci murders. I don't think you would care. So there was only there was two other groups of people in my showing besides me in House of Gucci. And one set of them were, you know, I it was a group of like four looked like middle-aged women that had big hair and seemed like this may have been their kind of movie. They were waiting in the same lobby I was for this to open up so they could walk in. And it was a it was a couple, was the other group. And they had a very, 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 very nice car outside. So the demographic for this seemed spot on for the people that, you know, that would be interested in this kind of movie. Sure. You know what I mean? And I don't think that's a very large demographic at this point for people who are going to go out and see your movies. But it draw it's going to draw on the crowd that's going to draw in. And I think this is it. There it's were a lot of older people. It's not. <laughs> there were a lot of like, older people in the viewing I, I went to. Like I was one Same of with me. I mean, yeah. There were, I was one of the youngest by far. This has a $75 million budget, which is strange to me considering where it was shooting. I think it would be a lot more expensive to shoot over in Italy, but I guess not. I mean, million. was it actually shot in Italy or just looked like it was some, shot? Some of it was. They shot some of it right on, on location. On in location. Italy, but. Because it's like, I believe like the, I mean, they spent a lot of time in the place in the, uh, in the Alps too here. That could have been anywhere. You know what I mean? Anywhere with yeah. snow. Yeah, it really could but, though. Seriously. Big snow. 
All right. No, I bet it's real snow because there's just so much. Roger but I mean, Ryan, that could be like us. Vermont. <laughs> tell, us what house, yeah. tell us what House of Gucci is, Roger. Uh, house of Gucci is a story of the infamous Gucci murder, which I didn't have any idea about until, uh, I don't know, the day before I went to see this movie, basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's about a marriage and how things, how one person ascends through the head of Gucci um, which, you know, is a very famous fashion name, very, very deeply rooted in Italy and Italian fashion and how the whole family basically gets manipulated by one person. So, yeah, there's that. Sounds exciting, right? To yeah. me, this is Godfather meets something. Let's say we just watched uh, The Many Saints of Newark. Content wise, not quality wise, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. It's just, yeah, I was gonna say like you're the bar for you know Godfather's high, right? Yeah, it's a little bit higher. Okay. Yeah, just just make sure that's clear. And it's also not a short movie. No, it's not. This is a long movie. And can I make long. before we dig into the story? Can I make a point that yes, this movie isn't very long, and yes, it could have been about a half hour shorter. Or I'd argue it needed to be a half hour longer and hash way more shit out than it did. Maybe, yeah. Do but... you understand? Because you guys have watched it, so yeah. you guys understand what I mean when I say that? Yes. But I think you could have... Think... We, we just jump so much in time. We do. At places here. Like, well, we'll get to this in a minute, but there's gonna be, there's a time at the end, towards the end of this movie, post-murder, where we jump murder to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It happens in like 10 minutes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like, think they missed something there. I feel like there's. I feel like this is two movies, right? Like, like, like the first half of this movie is a whole different feel than the second half of this movie, like because it's the half, first half of this movie is happy's the wrong word, but it, everything's jovial. Everything's like it's, it's a love a, story. It is, and I understand you know the fact that you know it, it is isn't two movies, you know, but it's it's just such a huge contrast, and you see two very wide character arcs when you watch this, both, you know, Adam Driver's character and um, Lady Gaga's character, but it's just, it's such a different feel from one end to the other that it's, I don't know. It's so much stuff changes in this movie. Yeah. It's just, there's a lot that happens in this movie, but at the same time, nothing happens in this movie, which kind of is where where it pulls it out, pulls away from me. It's just, it felt like it's runtime by like the midpoint of this movie on. It just takes forever. First half of this movie goes by quick. I would agree with you. It didn't. It really felt like it was five hours long to me. Would you have been happier if it was six hours long and they were in hour long episodes? You know See, this, that's the question I ask myself these days a lot. Is, but you could get this yeah. kind of talent to do that. This as, like especially a special on Showtime or something. As, you know especially I mean? if it's like guys, it's going to be six episodes, an hour each. We're done. Like, yep. yeah, I, I think they would certainly sign on for that. Especially, sure. if, like, and you yeah. can tell you can, you could tell this in better phases too. You can have the key, like like the years, you know, of like when as things shift every time with yeah, like eighty four, eighty six, yeah. eighty seven, you know? and it tell a, a much more robust story. Yes, you could do that absolutely. But and that may and that line of thought may seem like a cop out, you know, now that now it's saying it out loud. But and because it's like, well, you know, you could turn everything into into an episode episodic stream, blah, blah, get more time, get more time out of it. But some things are made for that almost, it feels like. This feels like it could have been. It's just like the Saints of Newark. That could have been a small, like, a mini-series, a few episodes long, and we could have got a better product out of it. This fits that. 
this kind of acting, this kind of drama lends itself to be episodic, not in a in movie fashion, in my opinion. At least not anymore. I can't think of the last movie that was like this subject matter that did well and pulled a huge crowd. It just doesn't anymore. Well, right? we just talked about the many saints of Newark that probably would have been better off as you know a miniseries. Even. Yes. Well, I mean, there is precedence for this too because remember a few years ago, FX did the uh, the assassination of Gianni Versace, um, yes. their crimes, and that movie won every Oscar that they have for TV. Yeah, it won everything because it was so well done. Yeah. So I know you can do it. <laughs> you just have to want to do it. Has Ridley Scott ever done anything episodic? Ever? I have no idea. I find out. Yeah, I was gonna say because that'd be interesting because maybe maybe it's you know like you know and that could be a mindset thing for for Ridley Scott. Of, of course it is, given what we talked about earlier. He's a he's a film guy. Well, that's the thing though. I'm not trying to harp back on that and beat that horse again. But you know that could be another you know if 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 he would have if he could have been open minded to think that way, he could have got more of his vision out too, right? He could gain from that. Instead of just being marred in this, no, it's got to be a movie. It's got to be on. It's got to be. It's got to be a film, because I think this does this does better that way. You know, I could see this being advertised everywhere. It's going to be on this streaming. Platform. I mean, it's going to be on this big time show. You know, show run right now. If 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 you're not a Marvel movie or a Disney movie, streaming is kicking your ass. Like even the biggest features, as we House of Gucci. Streaming is getting ten times the numbers you're getting. You know, right now you 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 say kicking your ass. It could also be saving your ass. <laughs> you're not wrong about that. You, you're know, you get a payout wrong. from you, you can get a payout from HBO. You get a payout from Amazon. You get a payout from Netflix. You know what I mean? You can get money from that. So there is some precedent for him to do episodic stuff. Really, he did the first two episodes of the HBO, the big time HBO show, Raised by Wolves. Okay. The one that's like very highly yes. acclaimed. He did the first two episodes of that. So, and that means he has a working relationship with HBO. Yeah. So, and, and just like I just said, like you know, you you know these 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 episodic things are getting payouts, you know, from these streaming platforms to put their stuff there. So it's not like it wouldn't hurt you; it could help you. It all depends on you know on how big you think. I mean, I guess you got to be. You have to believe in your craft, and you don't. And you're never going to think that you know that what you make is not going to do well. But at the same time, if you need to be realistic about all the millennials on their phones, how would you cater theaters, to those you millennials? Know, maybe you stream it. You know, it's just. It's, oh, I don't know. wouldn't that be something? Now, okay, son so, of a bitch. Well, well okay. <laughs> let, let let me ask you this. Let's say the people working with him closest say, "Ridley, we need to do something streaming." Can he ever release something streaming now, or is that just out because of what he said? No, I think he can. No, 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 because it, it's up to it's up to him to swallow his foot, right? Yeah, you just be I mean? quiet. Yeah, it's up to him to do that. Okay, fair, yeah, fair. He, he can still do it. Now, now he'll get shit for it, maybe, but at the same time, he'll make money. You know what I mean? So it wouldn't be a bad move. So, okay, I think where the conversation for this movie has to start is Gucci is one of the most widely known names on this planet. Sure. In fact, yes. Well, no, I mean, I would think... I mean, yeah, if, yeah, no, you're right. You're in, right. Yeah, in it's most got a pretty high Q score. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we okay, so we have. But here's the thing: is I know nothing about Gucci. And I almost so this movie starts it bookends, and when the movie bookends, we are now trained to know what comes next. Like almost every single time, disaster strikes. Disaster picks up just after where they where they cut and then go back to the beginning. Almost. Am, am I wrong? No. I mean. I would have almost preferred this movie didn't start the way that it did and just started with um, and just started with, of course, 
uh, Maurizio and Lady Gaga's character. Patrice. Where, yeah, Patrice, where they were. I almost prefer the movie started like that, but it started bookending. And when a movie does that, you just you are able to tell so much about so little real quick. I just don't like this movie. I don't think it worked in its favor only because it's so damn long. That yeah, I mean, it just it's overly long, though, and it's to the point where it's like, uh, I don't know, man. I think that move comes from, and this is my uneducated self making this assumption, I think a longer movie like this, when it bookends like that, they're they're counting on you kind of forgetting what you what you began with. You know what I mean? The movie plays out so long. Well, after two and a half hours, it's an easy play. Well, that's what I mean, though, right? Like, I think they're banking on you not you know, being immersed in what you're watching for so long that you forget where this thing began. And then the realization of it sparking again kind of like pulls you back in for an effect. But it, it, it doesn't work here because of how long this feels. And it does give away a lot, doesn't it? You know what I mean? I a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, I don't think it was subtle in anything. And I think that does hurt it. So I also think we have a couple of, like Chris, you said it. There's two different, if you're asking me, there's two different movies here. I feel like the, 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 I feel like that's the case, yeah. At least the, the tone being wildly all over the place doesn't help the fact that the first move, the first part of this movie is one thing. The second part of this movie is something else. If you start watching House of Gucci and then someone's like, at the end of this, someone gets shot in the face. You're like, what? Yeah, right? what? Are you kidding me? No way. That's, I mean, to me, it's, it's a very polarizing movie from start to finish. Sure. Not in the worst way, just not in the best way either. I really, it's just kind of like, eh. Well, I mean, so what you just said is actually very damning about this movie. This movie has got some strong points, has some really weak points, and in the end comes out somewhere in the middle. This movie is about as mediocre as you get. Where for as good as some of the acting is, a lot of this the, the scenes are so long and so drawn up. By the end of the scene, you don't even care. Yeah, I mean, I mean so you, you brought it up. Let's talk about the acting for a second. Sure. And the people we have in this movie. I mean, Adam Driver's amazing. Always right? great. Yeah, he's fantastic in this, and we just saw him in Last Duel. Mm-hmm. And then Lady Gaga... Does really good. She is an above average actress. Yeah. Um. I mean. Well. The, well I think so. The, the, I don't want to side blow. No, 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 I don't no, want to break no, off. No, no. But think she does such limited things. Yes. Okay. The last real movie we watched her in was A Star Is Born. Okay. She is incredible in that movie because that movie is great. She does okay. Well. She is so selective in what she did, which I think when you see her playing this role i expected more from the movie Mm -hmm. because she's in it you understand what i mean that's fair yeah um where she does a fine job here but the movie doesn't meet her caliber yeah well and like and the whole point of her and i'm glad you brought the star is born because like that she did fine in that movie she's great in it Mm -hmm. she but at the same time people can argue that she was kind of like riding the coattails of the fact that it isn't just the acting that she's good at and that she already has, you know, she's a singer already. Sure. This, she's just acting. She's mm-hmm. an actress. No singing. Movie, yep. No, you're right. And she does a great job. Mm-hmm. The movie doesn't let it, the, the movie isn't big enough to let her, you know, do more or yep. be a bigger piece in this though. I don't think, I think that's the same thing for Adam Driver though too. That's, that's fair, but Adam Driver is easily the best part of this, the most, I don't, I don't want to say talented, but he's the, he's the, the biggest piece of this movie. Right? Just remember, the worst part of Adam Driver's career is, is Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. That's it's not a, that's bad not part, a right? joke. <laughs> that's not a joke. Didn't he start out in like the girls or something? He's been a lot of stuff. Like, that was, like, his first yeah, but he's pretty good. I mean, Adam Driver. Well, he, no, I, I agree. I, I think he's fantastic. So okay, so the two the pull here is Adam Driver and 
Lady Gaga, right? Yeah, but, but you have other people. But then you though. got Pacino, Jared, Jared Leto. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, so Chris didn't know that Paolo is Jared Leto. I had no idea. It's, it's, it's the eyes that give it away every until, single time. Until the credits rolled, I saw his name, and then I looked next to it and said Bob. I was like, no way. You know, every time someone talks about Jared Leto now, what I, what I picture is his character in The Little Things, that he, he walks like with his... Like sauntering back with like a weird kind of oh, God, fuck, yeah. like like a fat slider. <laughs> when he That's spent a- nine hours at a strip club <laughs> <laughs> for research purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's just one of those things that I didn't he leave the strip club with like a bucket of chicken. <laughs> Good <laughs> ultimate power move. That's, I mean, look, that brings up questions, but I mean, so those. So, but here's the thing. For instance, uh, Jeremy Irons, Pacino, and Leto. They're all kind of a they're they're all a different pull than Adam Driver and Lady Gaga in this movie because true I mean Gaga and, and Driver have the most screen time by far and they're yeah. I mean the movie well it's the, about them well it's about their, their characters it's I about mean. their characters right that's the whole thing <clears throat> I mean the, Selma Hayek I I'm not sure that this was something that needed Selma Hayek. She was fine, you know what I mean. She didn't have a big role, and I think, I think it's hilarious that it. she plays the TV psychic. Yeah, becomes like her confidant. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a rich white person oh, thing. God. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I have my own psychic on payroll. <laughs> what the hell? And those like That's and those, so eighties. And those, those mud baths that, that they took and everything. Yeah, of course. Mm. So eighties. Um, so it is, but I mean that's the whole thing. Is Gucci is you know th- th- this kind of history is rooted in that time period. So I mean we were there. So one thing – I'm not segueing, but one thing that this movie has in common with the other movie we're going to talk about in Canto is I think the visual style – A magical house. Is the strongest part of both oh. movies is the visual. Oh, I really got that one wrong. <laughs> the visuals or the costume? Well, I mean the, everything, oh, the everything that involves – everything, yeah, no, everything that involves aesthetics. I okay. think was, I mean, right. the, the, the big lavish set pieces for House of Gucci – and like everyone is dressed, you know, to the nines. They ever, everyone looks dapper in every single scene. Paolo's yeah. outfits are incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Incredible. <laughs> His, yeah. Even At one point, he's wearing like a pink corduroy jacket. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? What is this? I don't, look. I know nothing about fashion that much. Have you ever met me? That much is evident. But I mean, I I couldn't tell you if if this stuff was was fashionable or not. I, I couldn't tell you, but it, it seemed like it. From how they treat Paolo, I don't think so. <laughs> He's in the parking garage in that weird tracksuit. <laughs> well, the, the, the tracksuit he wears to, to the airport to pick up his dad. Yeah. They, that's so early 90s. I know. It's so Dude, I still have one of those. I wanted one of those for Christmas one year so fucking bad. My mom got it's like a it's a purple and blue tracksuit like you know the, the swishy pants of you be wearing like those were such a fad i was obsessed with that anyway so i remember back when i was in high school though everybody had a pair of the adidas track pants the oh, swishy yeah, ones of course everybody had those Grace, oh, of did course. you just make the swishy pants noise on air i did that's a bold move i know, I know. <laughs> so okay so that's the house of gucci does a lot of things i don't think it does many things well and that's again that might write some eyebrows given the cast Damn, of this movie's of mediocre. This movie. Yeah, it's just outside of Adam Driver and uh, Lady Gaga, who are fantastic. I mean, Jeremy Irons is always fantastic. Um, you know, Al Pacino, of course, legend. I mean, Jared Leto, he's great. Anyone else in this movie is great. They're all good, but like nothing besides the two principal actors stood out to me in this movie. And I and I'm the one that usually pulls things out where there's where no one else will. 
I mean, I just to start talking to you, Chris, before the show started, how much I'm enjoying a, a, a third or fourth viewing of iRobot. Yeah, yep. You know, it's like one of those movies that, but it's just, there's a lot in this movie that I just, I'm kind of like, there's like a question mark above my head when I think about it. Like, why did that happen? For example, Roger, you hit the nail on the head when you said some of these scenes are set up well, but they take so long to play out that you could legitimately cut out 30 minutes of this movie and probably still have the same movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you just cut a few minutes here and a few minutes out of this scene, a few minutes out of that scene, you could probably cut somewhere, like, like I mean, all kidding aside, somewhere easily and not lose any of the integrity from like 15 to 25 minutes of this movie and still have the same damn movie. And I'm but just like, wondering why they we, did we, what they did. We follow them on their first date for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Did it? Why? Just to see I mean, that. It's fine. Just to well, see that in their trailer. You one, know I mean? one thing I did want to point out was the, that wasn't the first date no they were, <laughs> worked up to the sex in the trailer thing they were already married at that point weren't they yes yeah yeah, they, yeah they, he was already working for her dad and they were married <laughs> i in the last the weird homoerotic i'm going to spray you with a water hose thing yeah yeah right? really, what was that about and they oh, were they were running around and oh no were, i was i was gonna say yeah because me too right they i took were, my own shirt off i was so, so jealous i was asked to leave <laughs> <laughs> they were running around like you know prancing around like schoolgirls and yeah, it was it was great though. It was like, I legitimately think they have fun shooting scenes like that. Well, I do. Again, the beginning of this movie, the first half of this movie, has a whole different vibe from the second half. Or when he smokes the guy playing soccer, kicks it through his legs. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Adam Driver was tall as shit, by the way. Okay. He is. And one thing, I the, the scene in the library when they're talking again, a scene that goes on for several more minutes than it than it should. Yeah. Um, I love, and and this has to be. She, they're, they're talking about lawyers, and she said, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm studying for the bar. And she's a lawyer. The only good lawyer is a dead lawyer. That had to have been Ridley Scott coming out. Like, that had to be his personal take of lawyer. Like, I imagine that that line's only in the movie because Ridley Scott does not like lawyers. Right? Maybe. I mean, the only reason that, that stays in the – that stays – or it was – you know, it, it served the dual purpose of being hilarious and also, like, foreshadowing a little bit of what's to come i guess but oh I, I just he, he probably thought that was a good foreshadowing line actually that probably on purpose no that i don't like I, I i think that's really how ridley scott feels about lawyers i would bet but there's a lot of lines like that that just stood out to me too and that's that's the one that like the, the biggest one that stood out to me like that's definitely him's his real life psyche in this movie roger what are some of the things you really did not like about house of gucci I mean, there's a lot of times where I'm just like, why are we watching this part of something unfold on the screen, right? Like, com- like why did we watch Paolo piss on a scarf? <laughs> yeah. It's a like, good question. I, why did we have this whole thing where he's like, I want to talk to you about my show, and he like leans it all out? Like, I, f- I kind of feel bad for the guy because it looks like he's going to get a shot. Now, listen, his designs are terrible, oh, God. right? Yeah. Terrible. But I mean, I also don't know what qualified for high fashion in the late eighties, early nineties. Maybe you're maybe you're not the maybe guy. Maybe it's me. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I've worn the same Under Armour shirt. I don't know for five days in a row. Maybe I don't qualify here. You're not that guy. That's right. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. Um, but it's like scenes like that where I mean, he legitimately just takes his you know scarf off and is like, "I'll show you," and he just pisses on it in the middle of the living room. Why? Who did did that show anything? (laughs) Guess what? It spoiler. It didn't show nobody nothing. (laughs) 
Well, because at, at that point, you still don't know what's going to... You still don't know what happens to a certain character. So there's there's no red herring element because it's not like you know someone kills someone. It's or like, later on, an, another thing with Paolo, where they're showing his... Uh, his fashion show get broke up, and for some reason his wife just continues to sing opera? Yeah. Why? About that scene. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, He's crying. But there's a stylized choice. I mean, there is definitely a creative choice was keeping those long scenes as long as they were and keeping what, I mean, what most people probably, what most studios would probably have cut keeping it in. I mean, there's got to be a stylized reason for that, right? Also, I mean, do they really send the cops to break up a fashion show for copyright infringement? Is that a thing? Maybe in, maybe in Italy back then they did. I don't know. That's, I don't a, good, that's a good question. I, maybe, well, the I whole, the maybe. whole subsection of this movie about knockoff purses? What's that even about? Oh, there that, that's, that's like a 15 or 20 minute segment. Yeah. But nothing ever comes out of it. They get, she gets pissed because it shows off the inferiority or whatever, or their inferior product. I think it's more, I think that... I would have been more happy if you'd have been like, listen, we're the ones selling the knockoffs, because then I would have been like, wow, power move. You know what I mean? I think it's more about showing you the, the, the demeanor of Al Pacino's character than anything else. Mm. You know, what he's okay with and what he's willing to do to keep, you know, what is or isn't affecting him and what he you know what he thinks is good for the business sure i think it's more about the, his character's stance on everything and showing you who he is because shortly after that he goes away sure so it's like you know hey this is the element of gucci that you know that's happening right now in the successful you know business side of it being everywhere and then they remove him from from the picture and that's when things change again okay i think sure. that's what it's doing but who cares is a good question about it, you know? It's too much, too long for it to something that's only marginally relevant to the higher part of the story. Um, obviously, it leads to him getting put in jail, or the, it starts the chain of events. Yeah. It leads him to end up in jail, but some of those pieces, those strings were already being pulled before that, so I don't I don't know. I just don't think we're, we get stuff like that that has really showed any value to the movie again in the movie the reason i bring that up is because you've heard us all say that we think the movie is too long or too short you know however you want to look at it but i think i always think it's a i can't reiterate all the good there's always some kind of subset that knocks it back down yeah every good scene there's a bad scene like the scene where she calls out the other woman at the ski resort yeah where she sits down there awesome yeah and she's just you know, yeah. uh, just like lights are on fire, basically. Yeah. Like, that's an incredible scene. And then we have, you know, Al Pacino and Jared Leto, like, hugging each other in this weird empty <laughs> room. Like, that's immediately after that. Yeah. What's going on here? I don't know. And like, so, and, okay, I want to call out a specific scene. When Paolo and Al Pacino's character are signing over their shares to the, uh, to the the shareholders that he brings in, right? Mm-hmm. He's on the fence. He's going to do it. Then he also, he gets suspicion of the shoes. What about Adam Driver, about, about what's his name? Mar- Ma- Mauricio. Mauricio. With him being there, what does that change when he walks into the room? Why does that matter? Why wow. does he all of a sudden sign the papers? He feels betrayed. Well, I don't know. It, it doesn't, like, it just, it's one of those things where like, just have him sign the papers off or don't have him sign the papers because there's conflict all of a sudden. But what 
that's a that's another two minutes on your scene for well, him to walk in and him sign the papers anyway. At least that scene, I understand why they did it because it shows the real divide in the family at that point. You knew the divide was. Well, I I I know what you're saying, but I think that's the only reason why. Now, I also think that scene unfolds very weirdly as he shows him the shoe. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I'm a fan. Like, okay, cool. Then he's yeah. like, where did you get it? He's like, I bought it. He's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> All right, old man, sign the fucking papers. Yeah, Let's go. You know? <laughs> chop, chop. Let's before, go. Before I bring your nephew in here. Because, like, what, what the hell? Right. I'm who, very who, was, who was scared? Legs broke. <laughs> <laughs> who was scared to show his face in the desert? I, mean, I thought that was that was scary. also weird. Yeah. I, well, he's scared. Like, of that his character stumble. changes so much. Mar- Maurizio. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, he just become like in the beginning, he's just good dude that meets a girl he thinks is pretty, and he just wants. And then, like towards the end, he's like, "I don't love you. You need to leave me no. alone." I saw my I, mean, I saw my daughter two. I saw my daughter two weeks ago. I don't need to see her again for a while. Like what? It's very strange. I don't know. I mean, this or is the scene where she's screaming at the uh, the lawyer guy outside of the oh, school. Yeah. Like that's a great scene. It is, man. Well, so well, many good, and then so many like I don't know, almost cringeworthy scenes to go to compliment that. You know, talk about cringeworthy. Can we talk about him dancing for a minute? With <laughs> yikes! <laughs> Remember the uh, Baron Zemo dance thing? Yeah. We need an hour super cut of Adam Driver <laughs> dance. <laughs> Well, I like how the one with the, it's like, you know, the salsa dance, right? He's like, of course I do. I don't know how to dance. Susie <laughs> so stands up. <laughs> so after she, I do have a question though. When she meets him in the beginning, when she learns who he, his name, then she pursues him, not because she, he, she thought he was attractive and maybe an interesting guy, but because his name is Gucci. I think that's the icing on the cake. It was both. I think it was Because both. she's, She's mad. Like the entire plot of this movie, kind of is it just you know, hell hath no fury like that of a woman scorned, right? I mean, it's yeah. she's she's angry because I mean she could the divorce is whatever, but she is now you know accustomed to a certain lifestyle that millions afford her. The whole thing after after he's killed, she walks in, hugs the other woman. He's like, "Now get the fuck out of my house." <laughs> yes, <It's> a, <laughs> yes. Here's the thing: is like, do we need this? Is this? I mean, could this be considered a, a Gucci biopic? I mean, it's yeah, yeah, it's kind of what it is, right? But like, the thing that's perplexed me so much about this is like, why did Ridley? I wonder what Ridley Scott saw in this movie. Money? Is he a weird rich, uh, rich white guy? Yes. Or what? What? What if you like? What if you own stock in Gucci and like he wears tons of Gucci? That's what yeah, I mean. He's always very fashionable. He probably has. He probably has a probably has that pair of shoes. <laughs> the gold pair of shoes. Yeah. yeah. It's just to me, this there, there's a lot of question marks here, and you know he's like, why is this movie doing better? And people are like, does anyone care about Gucci? Does that like one of the okay? So if if your friend, let me ask you this now. This this is coming from three movie guys here. If your friends are like, if you're an average person, you're like, hey, you want to go watch House of Gucci? And you're like, what's it about? And they're like, well, it's about the Gucci Empire, and you know you wear twenty dollar Levi jeans and, and some shoes. Lol. Well. Nope. Do you care? Does anyone no. does does anyone outside of Hardcore lovers of Gucci and film fanatics care about this movie. If someone said to me, "Do you want to go check out House of Gucci?" I would look behind me for the four middle-aged white women that they I thought they were talking. To. <laughs> so, I mean, okay, fair, but that's my point though. Is who is this movie marketed to? I think you just said it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, the, I think people, that's it. people who love the Gucci fashion sense 
or people who love the cast. You know, that's if, it. If Ridley Scott's wondering why this movie isn't doing better, I think he says it. I think he says it in his own movie about the thing that he's making a movie about when he's trying to sign that uh, that younger guy on to to design for him. Uh, or like for the people to find like the the buyers to come back and revitalize the brand, the one woman says, "Isn't you know Gucci is an is an old is an older forgotten standard of fashion?" That's exactly what this is. So why would someone now care about this movie for what the subject matter? That's I actually a good stats. point, Chris. I have real stats. Here. Well, did did this during? Is- hold on, okay. during the opening weekend, during interviews for people that have viewed the movie, they asked the reasons for seeing this film. Reason number one, 40% was because Lady Gaga was in it. 32% was the remaining ensemble cast, and 34% was, was the plot. So, so we have to assume Gucci. 40% Gucci-y. of the people that interviewed first weekend to see it only cared because Lady Gaga was in it. 40%! Yeah, that's, that's a huge number. That's a big number, that's man. A much bigger it didn't say just the cast. It was yeah. just Lady Gaga. I mean, you chose to make a movie about something that, you know, is fashionably, you know, it's it's just an older icon in the fashion industry. It's not something that's going to pull in a huge crowd. Of people it's not a standard see. for most people. Yeah, it's just not that's, that's what I was wondering. You know, we were talking about in the weeks, weeks leading up to this. What a cast. But, I mean, what what's the pull here besides a cast in the I – just, I just had a hilarious thought that I want someone to make a Fortnite movie. And watch it blow the, the numbers just movie out of the water. We just had that in Free Guy, didn't we? I want to pick. Hold on, hold on, this is a good point. I want to see Ridley Scott pulling his hair out as the stats of the Fortnite movie. Crush him! Like, <laughs> I wish I wish someone would tweet. I would. How about this tweet? You're 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 watching House of Gucci, and then you you bring up your phone, and then you tweet at Ridley Scott. This movie sucks. I want to watch Free Guy. <laughs> <laughs> LOL, I'm playing Fortnite in the theater. He <laughs> <laughs> loses fucking mind. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. God. I, okay, so let's just move to rate this. If we, if we I, I agree. Just, well, uh, go ahead, Roger. I got, well, I mean, just real quick. Is there anything that anybody really particularly didn't like about this movie? Because I don't know if I have any real particular scene that I don't like. It's just, there's so much of it. I'm just like, why is this a thing? Not that it's overly bad, it's besides its length. Well, right? I mean, th- this this also proves to me that you don't. I mean, a, a massive cast again without a story people care about is nothing. I don't want to say nothing because well, they bring their own brands to the table. I, I don't know if that's fair to say because a massive cast is good. You don't have to know the story, but the story once you show me the story, Better. I have to care about it. Yeah. Exactly. Now, in this case, cast is fine. Story is a story that ultimately I don't give a shit about. Well, here's the thing. The only person I cared about, the only person in this movie I cared about was Maurizio. The bad guy. I was going to say Patrice. Lady Gaga, like, she was the bad guy. (laughs) I actually didn't. I actually didn't. I I, I mean, in the beginning, I kind of did. But, like, as the movie went on and on, I'm like, God, she is so fucking unlikable. Jesus Christ. She is. And this is hateable. So this is also based on a book. And, yeah, uh, and yes. apparently the remaining members of the Gucci family hate this movie. Of course they do. For incredible inaccuracies. Of course they do. I would wonder where the inaccuracies fall. Uh, probably Paolo. <laughs> Paolo. I guarantee you it's probably Paolo. 
I would just wonder. I would love to be a fly on the wall when the the actual Gucci family is talking about this movie. Just just I'm just curious now, not for any other reason. But uh, all right, gentlemen, should we move to? Oh, to answer your question, Roger, I, I don't particularly love anything about this movie. But I also don't particularly hate anything. This drives home my point. And and I'll just be the first to this to me is a five, and a movie directed by Ridley Scott with this cast. Should be, be higher than that. Should should be somewhere between a seven and a nine. It one hundred percent should be. So to me, this was. It was just. A, I watched it. I'm okay watching it. I'm never going to watch this again. Unless for some reason I end up dating someone that loves Gucci, and she's all about <laughs> watching Gucci movie or or Lady Gaga. If I didn't have dating Lady Gaga, I you know I, I'm I'm doing okay. But yeah, you or me, I'll go. Go ahead. Uh, this movie. If I were to judge and give this movie a score by its acting alone, this movie's easily an eight. You know what I mean? It's it it's got a great cast and it's fantastically done by them. But this also has a story that I don't care about that is unappealing and uninteresting. And the movie did a bad job of trying to make it interesting, and it's too long, and it's just not a it's just not a good time. This movie to me is four, and I'm reaching. I think to be honest. That's a four. It's just not fun. It's not good. All right. This cast, great. This story could have been great. The whole thing together is dead smack in the middle. This movie's a five. It hurts me to say that because when I see a cast like this with a name like Gucci, you know, with Ridley Scott directing it, I'm thinking Oscar buzz, Oscar noms for multiple people in the cast. This ain't it, man. This ain't it. This is a five. I'll probably never watch House of Gucci again. That's it. On that note, are you gonna, are we going to be uh, uh, like shocked when Adam Driver has an Oscar no- nomination for this movie? Yeah. Well, her, him, happen. Lady Gaga might, or or he might. I, I I could see either one of them getting a, a nomination or in the supporting. To be honest with you, like you said, the, the, the acting wasn't the problem here. Hold on, I bet you they win an Oscar for costume. No, I'm, I'm sure yeah. they will. I'm. I mean, Ridley Scott's one of those people that the Academy wants to keep happy, I'm sure. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see that. But yeah, will it average be deserved? Average at best, man. I, I, Give I don't it know. five. So that's the thing. Um, average at best is... 14 out of 30. So 4.8, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just... It's unfortunate because I thought it was going to be much higher than that. But yeah. let I us... Expect... See, again, though, we, we, we joked earlier about, you know, making making things for the end of the year like most biggest disappointment in a movie. It's a pretty big disappointment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, overall, it's okay. It's only just a five. When I expected nine, this ain't there. That's the cast worth. Yep. Let's right. talk. Well, Chris, just one last thing I want to say is something you said about a, a story you don't care about. For I, I, I think for me and, and for the point of this show, it is, at least in my eyes, it's a story that, I mean, any story that I may care about or I might not care about, it's it's how it's told. And I just don't think it was – I don't think this movie yeah. was told very well. Well, yeah. So, so like a story I don't care about isn't isn't because the subject matter is something I don't care about. Okay. So the, movie okay, did, okay cool. the, the movie didn't make me care about it. That's, yep. I mean, and I think, and that's what Roger said. Yeah. It's, a, it's not a story I knew. By the time I knew what was happening, I didn't care about the story. Yeah. It's just – I, I was uninterested in what they were telling me because they didn't tell it well. Yeah, there's lots of stories That's I don't fair. know. I wanted to clarify <laughs> my own yeah. my own thing. All right, gentlemen, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about another big movie, a big release for Disney, Encanto, Boo. which, what? what oh, Boo. Okay. <laughs> let's, look, let's look at the tomato meter. 
90, 90, pretty high number. And the audience score, 94. Those are that's a good place to be sitting, folks. 90 and 94. Very, very good scores. Yeah. Someone someone tweet Ridley Scott as you're watching House of Gucci about this movie, please. All right. This is the newest one from Disney. Let's talk about the cast. It's oh. nice that Disney finally has the X-Men franchise back under their wing <laughs> and in Canto. It is. You know, bold, bold new direction for the X-Men. But bold new direction for the X-Men. <laughs> All right. Stephanie Beatriz is... They went with a female Charles Xavier. They Who did? knew? All right. Bold choice. All right. Stephanie Beatriz is Mirabelle. John Leguizamo, Bruno. Maria Celcia Botero is Abuela. Wilmer Valderrama is... Augustin Madrigal, Diane Guerrero is Isabel, Jess Cadero, Luis, Angie Sapita is Julieta, Adessa as Dolores Madrigal, and the list goes on. I didn't, mean if, I didn't mean to butcher any of those names if I did. Directed by Byron Howard and Jared Bush. Roger, what's Encanto about? Mutants. Okay, no. Roger, what's Encanto about? People that get magical powers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's an interesting story. Encanto is about a legitimately about a magical candle that grants this house magical powers, and the people that are raised in this house get magical powers at some age point that I don't yet really understand. Um, but yeah, at some point you touch a golden doorknob and then you get a magical powers and a magical room to go with it. Really is just X Men Four. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Well, it's all right. It's a to me. This is. This is where the story of passion comes into. It's about a people who were in need of a miracle and found a miracle. And then that became their home and they've raised generations. They've all gotten powers, this magical candle that, that they, that they, you know, they protect and they, they, they hold on a pedestal almost literally. And then this is the story of the most recent generation. One of the women who we follow. That's great. I don't know what that was. Does, <laughs> he was playing the, the X-Men music. <laughs> does, does not have a power. And that's kind of the crux of the movie. Is she doesn't have power. No one knows why. And we follow Maybe she's her. she's like Deadpool. <laughs> you guys got to stop with the other references, please. All right. So let's go in with this. Does this fit in with, let's just say, the past couple of years with the Disney vibe that we've gotten for the past couple of years? Does this fit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't see where it wouldn't. This is right down Disney's. This is right down the Disney bank, baby. <laughs> well, you see, line them up, knock them down. We well, see. We've recently. I mean, not recently. In two thousand what seventeen, we had Coco. Also, sure. cel- it, it, Coco also celebrated uh, Mexican heritage. This one celebrates you know, Colombian heritage. Um, but Coco is a Coco is a tough one to follow because Coco is strong. Uh, yeah, this, Coco's I, good. Yeah, very good. I don't Incredible. think this movie is quite Coco, but this movie to no. me is. I walked out of it. Very happy and saying to myself, God, Encanto is, is a pretty strong story. I really kind of dug it. And it's – who's the – so the protagonist is, of course, um, Mirabelle. Who's the antagonist? Who's the bad guy? Who's the antagonist? In this Abuela. Movie? I don't think there is one. I think it's Grandma. Abuela is, I think, I agree, is technically the villain of this movie. She's the, she's the reason why the house is dying. But I mean, does that make but does that make her the villain, especially the way that they set it up? As close to a villain as there is in this movie. Yes. That's fair. That's that's that, that's fair. I get that. Um, so that's my question: is it's kind of interesting seeing a movie without like a, a really defined bad guy. You know what I mean? Like most Disney movies have a very defined bad guy. 
Yeah. And this one really doesn't. And I I, 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 I kind of dug that. This Disney anyway. movie also doesn't have any dead parents. That's I think true. that's a heritage they're trying to move away from. Dead grandpa? You gonna dead, go with dead grandpa? Dead grandpa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, dead grandpa. Murdered mm. even. You know? Well, so no, it's, like, okay. it's like straight down the distance. Okay, well, <sighs> heroically sacrificed grandpa yeah. Yeah, yeah, is, I, mean, I think, no. more the words. More you the understood phrase. my point. I know. Yeah. I, I get you. I get you. There's still a dead grandpa. True. Who is mentioned many times in the movie. So indeed, indeed they are. But I mean, there's a lot to this movie to really kind of celebrate. And I was sitting because I didn't want to sit by anyone because of you know COVID. I just you don't want to get arrested. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. So I sit down. Okay, that was a joke. So I ended up listening at the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Roger's just being Roger, but <laughs> I just need to clarify. Well, I don't know if anyone remembers the um, the the Red Sparrow story. But I do. I'll just leave that. One I'll just leave that one alone. But I sat in the front section, and pretty much the entire I my head was cocked up the whole time, and the screen it was just massive screen. So this movie to me at times was like, holy crap, that looks fantastic. That looked good. Yeah. And then at times I, I thought it was eh, it's kind of a, it's it, it, it's okay, but for the most part I thought it looked great. Like I, I can't really take that away from the movie because it did look amazing ninety percent of the time. Um, what do you guys really like about this one before we jump into the characters in the story? I thought it was pretty nifty. The house itself, as yeah. a character, because the house is a character. It right? is, it, so the house is a character. I can think I almost wanted more from the house because because the house is is here and it's present. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a little less of the house than I thought we were going to get, and I was actually pretty. I thought they did a lot of cool things with the house. Like the kids playing, like like the stairs as a slide mm-hmm. and getting kicked back up. I thought it was cool. I, I thought it was neat when she was sitting the groceries on the table and it was like flicking. Mm-hmm. Them yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think a little more because like because you get a lot of that at first, but then you don't get a lot of the house after that. But remember, the house is having some problems. I know, but so. yeah, I think they could have gave the house even its own personality going forward and seeing it getting like maybe like not grumpy for lack of a better term, but like the house becoming more and more you know. In pain sentient. and bitter, and bitter. It's, you know, it's fully sentient. <laughs> There's never a moment where it's not. But I think that you know, I want a little more of the house. But the house is awesome. I think they did a lot of cool things with it. Well, I think facts. a caveat to the house thing, besides the house as a character, the way the house is designed, with everybody has their own special room that is built for their to match whatever gift that they have. Yeah. I think that's really, really cool. Oh, it is. Like when, they, when we do get to see a ceremony during this movie of uh, the one younger gentleman getting his powers who can talk to animals. So he gets this sweet, sweet jungle room. Yep. Um, that's pretty nifty. And then we end up in a couple of other rooms. Yeah. We end up in Bruno's room. Oh, so like, I don't know, just, just to nerd out for a second, this is equivalent to a ninth level D&D spell. Like, this is like a huge deal. Like, it's like every door has its own pocket dimensions. This house is a magical thing. And it's awesome. And it feels big because of this. You know what I mean? I like the house. I thought Bruno's room was actually really freaking cool. Creepy, but cool. I like, you know, how all that was set up for him. Sure. It was like the tower, and he even mentions it at one point mm-hmm. when you see him, you know, lots of stairs. <laughs> yep. But I, I just, the house being a character was cool. I th- I thought all the characters were fine. Great even. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a, I didn't have a problem with any of the characters we got to see. I, know, thought there, there, there was a, I thought there was a point when, so, okay, so when in the when the film when the film opens we have people kind of fleeing from a problem and then they get across the river they're fine uh, and then we have so the the woman abuela has three kids 
with her, yep. which, which we go back to again and again and again and again. And I mean, again and again and again, we, uh, several times. Those are, see, this movie can be kind of confusing if you're not quick, like 100% paying attention to who people are, like their, their connection to the family, where they fit in. I think that's where it can kind of get confusing because you, there's a moment where you could legitimately think if you kind of were like not paying attention fully that the three babies she was holding were the three girls that we focus on. It is not, it, it's not but, it, but, it's, but it's not. And I keep telling myself, oh, no, it's not that. Which, I, which to me was a weird choice to carry on the narrative because you keep showing us these three, these three people, but then these three people that were protected and saved and starting a life, but then the three people that we follow – the three are sisters three, the next generation are three the next generation i thought i mean am i wrong with that's kind of unnecessarily confusing at times no i just i don't know if it's unnecessarily confusing but they just really don't like come out and say it be like well this is my parents and blah 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 yeah. because at one point and if you didn't realize it that all the sisters they're they're you know then there's cousins involved and um Unless you really pay attention to how they refer to each other, you just assume they're all brother and sister. Yeah, because okay. they're all Sorry. similar in age. Yeah, you know, we're all where the three main sisters are sisters, and then you what was the, what was the young kid's name that became with the the animals? He's their cousin, and then you have like Bruno the uncle, mm-hmm. who is you know in exile yeah. or whatever, and yeah, well, which is all self imposed exile. Which spoiler. They- they give you they give you several hints to where is to where he is like like a dozen hints. I actually first... thought that was going a different direction. Honestly. Oh, did you? Oh yeah, I thought. Did... Well, you want to know what I thought was going to happen? Yeah, of course, got in some power somewhere. Not not quite that bad, but I figured you know he was the reason she didn't get a power. And when she met him, he would give her some power that was kind of like not okay. I was I was down the same road as you were. I thought it was. I thought. He prevented her from getting the power because of the vision he saw. Yep. You know, something like that. Mm. Not 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 as, you know, I'll give you this. <laughs> like her gift is necromancy. <laughs> <laughs> something wildly inappropriate. The death touch. Well, yeah, there was there was that. a there was a point where I thought when 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 she first sees the splits start happening, like the, the cracks in the in, in the fabric and going towards the candle window. There was a point where I'm like, oh, her power is just, you know, clair- clairvoyancy, or she she yeah. sees things before they happen. And so she's able to help prevent them and save the family. I'm like, okay. Then I was kind of, I was kind of surprised, and they didn't go that route. And her power is something else. But I mean, I like this—the power thing. I'll tell you why. Is because in the past, what thirty years, especially especially in the '80s, with all those weird, like you know, Sword and Shield movies, you know, Excalibur and 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 Willow and a dozen others, and you know, He Man and Flash Gordon and all those movies then move into the nineties and the two thousands were like, there's a prophecy, you know, this person's going to do this and vanquish evil. And my God, has there, I mean, especially in books, I'm sure it's, it's overdone like crazy. Um, this is no different, but it's just, it's it just in a different, it's, it's the same package wrapped up in a different, you know, a different wrapping, which I thought, well, you know, a family is in trouble. There's, you know, powers. If someone doesn't have it, someone has to get it to say, like, there's no difference here. That's why I kind of appreciated how it was just a different packaging for the same story. Well, I mean, Disney's not known for, you know, breaking the mold on the, on the traditional storytelling tropes. There's no, they use no the same things over and over again. Right, yeah. right. Like you said in the beginning, the dead parents. A, yeah. You know, a very powerful motivator for, uh, for a protagonist. Uh, extremely powerful. I mean, Bambi's the classic choice that you – Bambi's the classic reference, right, for that? I mean, there's lots of them. Yeah, yeah. there's tons of them. 
Um, I always wonder why Disney, you know, kept that for so long. But, you know, you, Roger, I hadn't thought about that until you just brought it up. There's no dead parents. And I, mm. I mean, yes. I agree with Chris's some thing, though, with the, the grandfather. But, yeah. I thought that I was very know. clever. I don't know. There's, Encanto does a lot of things right. It does. Um, um, for, for instance, did you the like... Colors. Well, I was gonna say, did you like the whole family aspect, or did you think it was too much? No, it was good. I mean, it, it, it. I think it's a good message, you know. As a, as a family man, you know, I, I don't mind what they're, what they're trying to tell you. That you even know? when your family pisses you off, you should still be nice to them. Yeah. Well, no, screw that. Or they end up killing you, like in House of Gucci. They end up putting it. The there's the other side of the coin. <laughs> You can fix things with magical powers like Encanto, or you can get murdered like House of Gucci. <laughs> you pick. <laughs> well, okay. Well, so I don't know. I, I like the whole idea that, especially now, where like, you know, everyone everyone else in this house has a power, and this girl doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think that's a good message. Is you know, with with this girl surrounded by all these people that are that are quote unquote special, and she doesn't feel like she belongs. She still has a place and a purpose in this family. She doesn't see it until you know this movie plays brought to the forefront. This movie plays out, but it's like you know she 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 was exactly what was needed to keep that family together, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's that's a great message because you know right now everybody's special. You know what I mean? It's it's a common thing that you know we run into now, and I say we as in like you know society society, but also me and Roger were parents. You know, this is something that you know everyone gets a trophy. I mean, well, it's not it's not it's it's relevant right every parent is going to you know go through a point in that where it's like you know and every kid you know does or doesn't know if they're special what they're good at this kind of thing and this is a good story for you know for that setting for that you know i agree that. you're trying sure. to you know talk about what you're with, with a kid you know yeah it's, even if you don't have anything astounding about you you yeah. will still fit in. Yeah, there, there's something there's something about you that is still going to be important to, well, some, I mean, to you, someone you care yeah, about. Yeah, that's right. You still hold hold this family together. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, or you end up getting in a cactus fight. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't or or you or you live in the walls because you, you shame your family. It's fine. <laughs> well, you chose that. <laughs> <laughs> you watch, for some reason you watch rats take a bath in a coffee cup. This little, <laughs> this little plate setting. That was so sad. Oh god, that was so oh, sad. Man. It's like oh god. I looked at my wife and I was like, that's depressing. Damn, I, I was I just looked over and I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, trust me. Kids didn't get that one. Dad got that one. <laughs> Yeah, I got that one. <laughs> I, I, I also love with um with the kids that were drinking coffee, and she's like, "That's why kids don't." And drink that's coffee. why coffee's for girls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just running. <laughs> what did you guys think of the opening of this movie? Like the opening, like the opening song to, to set the stage. See, the, so, but the the music's a whole different. I mean, the music is well, a discussion in itself. We'll talk about well, the we'll music. Talk, in well, a let's, well, yeah, let's well, talk about. Yeah, let's let's start it off. I think the opening number is fine. Yes, it, it really helps tell some backstory, get you up to a speed where you're at. And now, if you really want to talk about music in this movie, it's not that I think any of the music is bad, okay? But you made a great point with me, and you were talking about it, Chris. What was that? Is that I think a lot of these songs are good, great even. Some of these songs feel like they're here just because because you got them and you're shoving them in here. They don't feel like they belong. Because character A needed a song, exactly, and then character B gets a song because character A gets yep. a song. Yeah, it's just it feels like we're getting a few songs that are unnecessary in this movie. 
And it's I think it's because you just you have the star power behind it and there's so many characters, well, they all got to have a song and you almost get every character with a song at this point. You get a lot of them. Yes. With a song. There's a lot of characters in this movie. So there's a lot of songs in this movie and it just feels like you get a little too much of it. There is a lot going on with the songs. Now, I don't I don't particularly dislike any of them. No, they're all fine. Fine is fine is a good way to look at it because there's not they're not very memorable, right? We won't I won't look at this come Oscar time and be like, you know, that song from Encanto is probably going to get a best original song nod. Like I, I I'm serious about <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah. though because that's the quality that Disney always brings to the table, True. and I just don't see that with any of these numbers in Encanto. I've got one okay. one that that even now I keep thinking about, and I was trying to figure out why, and I, I got it. Um, the strong girl, uh, Lucia, Lucia. Her song, I think, is probably I didn't like it at first, especially the first half of it. Then as the song gets goes on and on, I like it more and more. And you realize she's just actually very depressed. It's not that though. <laughs> the song itself had a very Aladdin vibe. Like, you're right. Like, Damn it! You're. I was just thinking that. See, right? Oh and, my goodness. Like, see, and and that's what I was trying to get it through my head, and then I was talking to my wife about it, mm-hmm. and I said, I said, I don't know what it is, but something about that song feels. Almost familiar, and it was like it just had it has such a strong genie vibe. Okay, as you're watching, it really. I was thinking that same thing. I never thought about that. Yes, and one of one of the songs also reminded me of. (laughs) I mean, this is more luck than intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) And I was also one of the one of the songs really reminded me of a whole new world as well. Which Um, one was that? I can't remember which. It was the song that she sings in the beginning. The the tall characters. Also, I wanted to talk about so. I don't think any movie since Frozen has had the success they've that Frozen found with songs being, you know, bled into mainstream populace today. Frozen two, even. Well, no, that the, 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 the Frozen franchise. Well, well, no, no, no. well, no, what what Chris is saying, even with all the great songs in Frozen two, none of them really broke yeah. into mainstream. Yeah, even Frozen two didn't do what Frozen did. No, you're you're, was... you're you're right. But if anything's going to get Frozen run for its money, it's Frozen two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, and I know what you're saying here, Grayson. And I think the only movie that's come close is Moana. Well, I didn't think about Moana because how far, I, how far I'll go uh, was was it did have it did have a mainstream push for a minute. Okay, you're right. I mean, you're I, right I about that. Famous girl saying that, you know, saying that one for him in the credits, and that one actually hit radio. And there's also got to be like a, a mention of Lin Manuel Miranda if we're talking about the music. Of course, he's because it's all his. Yeah, he's, he's a mega star. That you know, he 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 knows what he's doing. When it comes to music and lyrics. Well, he's a guy that wrote that wrote the stuff in Moana. Yes, right? of course. Yeah, um, he's written a lot of stuff. Of course, in the Heights is his. You know, yeah. he, Lin Manuel Miranda is, is no stranger to uh, singing, uh, lyrics, singing, songwriting. But I wanted to ask you guys. So, the just take my big three for example, and I'm sure you guys have very similar big three: Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. Okay, you for couldn't, what? you couldn't find movies back then animated with more memorable and lasting songs than for instance those three oh, okay Talking about just music. Um, and, okay. I, and i have so this past thanksgiving i went over since i was in atlanta i went over to a friend of mine she was the costume designer on p valley season two and a ton of people were there and then we were sitting out by her her bar her, her big fire and there, you know 15 20 chairs around a fire and we started doing like a karaoke for disney only it turned into everyone singing and those three, those three movies, Lion King, Aladdin, and Beauty and the Beast, everyone knew the words. And this was without – it wasn't like she sent a memo saying, hey, brush up on your – on those three movies' lyrics. 
we go to some weird parties. Everyone sang. Well, we're doing karaoke. Life is so different than well, mine. We were doing a karaoke thing, and everyone sang, but like everyone knew the words, and everyone knew the inflection, and everyone knew everything about those songs. But you ask me an hour after I leave in Canto, I couldn't tell you anything about it. I couldn't no, tell you anything about the songs. The songs are fine. They're just not very memorable, right? That's Isn't it, that, though. Yeah. So what's the well, difference? I mean, uh, think about other, uh, several other but Disney. Have, but we have forty years of some of these songs. Well, the, yes, I mean right? you're not wrong, but like think about other Disney movies that you see that have songs in it that you're just like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I don't remember a lot of it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's just exactly where this falls, right? Mm-hmm. It's is it good for what it is? Sure. Well, is, is it ever going to be more than that? No. no. And it's just. We look at Frozen as the biggest thing recently because of its mega hit, right? I mean, absolutely astronomical hit. And it's really hard to do that, especially in a Disney movie. And they do it every now and then, you know, and it's great. But you think of songs from Aladdin. You think of songs from The Lion King. You think of one song from each of those. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. For for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Like iconic songs. Yeah. It's it. You know, you only get one. Well, you, this oh, movie just doesn't have one. Yeah. That's okay. But it's it's so random. I mean, think about all the other Disney movies that they made. Can't remember shit from them, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe little like little Little Mermaid added to that list. They have that. Sure. That, you know, well, yeah, okay. There's some great songs in Little Mermaid. Yeah, that's but, the but thing. Again, it's like not just great, but like iconic and lasting. That's yeah. the difference. But that that was that was golden years Disney though. True. Yeah. We're not into that anymore. No, we're not. Well, it's just different. I don't. But like on the flip side, I don't. I couldn't remember. I, you know, gun to my head, write the, write the lyrics to a Coco song. I couldn't do that either. You no, know, and the music like, in Coco is incredible. Yeah, that's the thing. So I mean, God damn it, you're exactly right on that. <laughs> what's What's the missing ingredient then? What is the? I mean, is it just time and popularity? Like like Chris said, you have no, well, years? I think it's something. I think the level of the it's the excuse me the the level of the movie. How much money the movie makes is directly dependent on, or the song's popularity is directly dependent on that. Because remember, Frozen made a billion dollars. Yeah, I mean, I have one counterpoint to this. The, 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 the ones we grew up with, though, too, is mm-hmm. the ones that we are referencing mainly. But they are also the biggest Disney movies. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But if you ask my kid, my seven-year-old, some Disney songs from some movies she's seen recently, she's not going to name any of the old ones. She's going to name Moana, Frozen. Sure. So know, Roger, kind of stuff, Frozen you know didn't I mean? make a, Frozen didn't make a billion. It made a billion three, <laughs> which is three hundred. Glad you clarified. <laughs> well, but like, point is, whenever Frozen came out, you know, my Spotify. Just completely like when I when I activated Spotify, I'd listen to it. They advertised it, like they're like, "Hey, listen to this." They're not adver- they're not advertising it. Even in Frozen Two, when I when I booted up Spotify, they would you know it would be right there on the homepage. Like, "Hey, want to listen to this?" No, I don't. Pay for Spotify. I pay for Spotify. I don't have Spotify either. I get God, Roger. Hold on. I listen to books. I used to look up to you. I told you I stopped listening to music. But that's the point, I though. I became an old man today. Oh God! So it does. I, I think it does depend on the money it makes. Well, I mean, it, it, well, it doesn't hurt it, right? No, it doesn't. Many well, we talked to, you know, Chris is, brings up a good point. However, Moana made a ton of money. It did, true, and so did Frozen. It did. And in, in, in the defense of, of that part of the point, mm-hmm. I get you. But like, my kid can name. You know, I I have the soundtracks of, on my Spotify. 
Roger, mm. of, you know, of recent movies we've seen that we listen to all the time. So it's like... I still feel better that I don't have a Spotify when you tell me shit like that. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. But like, I'm not trying to be mean, but I feel like I win. But like, you know, my, you know, my seven-year-old who's seen a lot of these Disney movies, because, you know, my wife makes her watch, you know, a lot of stuff sure. she likes too. You know, she's not asking for, you know, can you turn on the Beauty and the Beast song? She's asking for the ones that are hyper relevant to what she's seen no i get it. we've you know we grew up with the ones that we grew up with so i think that's that's a, a piece of that though grayson at his weird parties where they sing kumbaya songs in disney form that's weird but that's also that age group you know what i mean whereas that's kind go- of my age group too and my friends don't do that <laughs> <laughs> i'm not that much older than he is well i'm just saying but like it, i just i think that's a relevant thing now do i remember any of the songs from encanto no, I just remember the Aladdin vibes I got from the from the sure. strong. Song. I could yeah. identify the songs as to what movies they came from. Well, yeah, okay, but, but I mean, but, for, but, but, just for reference. Well, I mean, I, I at least remember the move, the big one from Frozen Two was the end of the unknown song. Yes, well, but is it? Yeah. The, the thing is, if you can actually remember the name of the song, that means big it was enough. big enough. Big enough. Yes. That's right. There you go. Yeah, because listen, I will never know any of the names of the songs from Encanto. And they're fine in the in the reference of the movie. Yeah, no, they're great. But they're not ever going to yeah. be some superstar thing. True. That's one Which is really what we started talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> that, that's what I want to talk about, though, is the music. Because, like, this movie seemed to focus heavily on the music. Sure. Which some of the past Disney movies haven't. I argue that it focused as much on the music as it did because of the culture it was focusing on, though. That's it's a fair like, argument. It's kind of like Coco. It focused a lot on that culture. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot of that vibe, which which in, in that culture is is its music, too. So I think that goes hand in hand with that. Sure. You know, so, I mean, we do get a lot of it because of that. But it's not just for the music's sake. It's because of the whole feel of the movie they wanted to bring that to life. I think they did a good job with it. Because because even like the way the house is, it's very much in that culture. It's it's very much painted that way, mm-hmm. you know. And even the town itself, which I think the, the, the townspeople are like a character on their own. You know, they also have like you know, it feels like like, like that that tight community feel. Sure. So I just think you get a lot of that for that reason. I get that. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I definitely understand that. Um, but what do you guys think of the animation? I'm, I thought it was, was great. Pretty, I love the yeah. colors. I, I you know, I love it the detail. Me a lot of Wreck It Ralph. Did it? It did. I think the hands of that one guy were meant to remind you of Wreck It Ralph. Maybe that's true. Yeah, because yeah, no, mm-hmm. you're right now. Now that you both said that. No, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah I definitely got Ralph. some Ralph vibes. Well, Ralph is obviously much more because, modern. Because, and I thought that, but this movie. you know, also, what year is it in this movie? Well, right after uh, the, the revolution. So, I mean, they referenced the Titanic at least once. Yeah, well, so, so I, that, that's I, a Disney thing, though. That yeah, to be, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Again, that was during the the genie light song, the Aladdin light song, which they pull things all over the place from that. From okay, that too. Because yeah, I, I thought about that just halfway through. I was like. What year is it here? What year is it? Um, but uh, I'm sorry. I think we cut you off with, with that thought, Grayson. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say about that. Me neither. I wasn't because, listening to you. Uh, so the, no, I, I was know. talking about the animation. I was on my oh, phone oh, talking Wreck-It to Ridley Ralph. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, the Wreck-It Ralph thing. I mean, it's no – that guy's hands are definitely meant to remind you of Wreck-It Ralph because right now on iTunes, you can buy a Wreck-It it, – it's a big sale. You can buy a Wreck-It Ralph, the movie, for $9.99. Uh, all, right, all right. So, I mean, it's definitely – They've definitely Ralph would still cost you ten dollars. It's a good movie. This is why those movies hold their value pretty well. I mean, as far as like they yeah, they hold their value. Yeah, they do. So I got a lot of Moana vibes from the from the animation. Is what I got. I think from the hair, especially the hair. Moana, his hair is its own thing in Moana. 
You know what I mean? I think just the uh, the overall motion of the characters that like like the way they dance too. It, like the, the, there's a lot of there's a lot of that just the fluidity of their of their movement reminded me of the animation style from from Moana. And you're right, like the hair was very was very bouncy, very very like lifelike in that in that sense too. So I got Moana vibes from the animation. Well, let's also talk about the. We should really get back to the actual movie itself. Um, let's talk about the the, the lead character uh, Mirabelle. And how she compares to other lead characters, Disney in, princesses, in Disney, Disney princesses. Prince? Of course, that's their thing. Disney princess, that's their thing. So, I mean, I actually. L- okay, so if you had we to have define, the most average Disney princess, so if well, so if you they, had to define her, what, what what are the words you'd use to, to define Mirabelle? Nice, friendly. Would, would courageous, brave, be among those? Hmm. Brave. See, Maybe. Overly yeah. courageous? No, not courageous. I don't know. Right. Would like a strong warrior woman type be nope. yeah, me neither? Which what I found oh. very, very odd, and I gotta give points to Disney. She's smart. That. She is. She's smart. She's smart. She's willful. I've got to give points to Disney on that too, because I mean for, for, for not doing the for not doing the you know, she's a warrior. She can swing a sword and she can do, do everything Disney a man can do. Does she have glasses? Oh, you know, that's a good question. I don't know how many of them do have glasses. But I mean, unknown. Several people circle back. Yeah. (laughs) Several people make references to her glasses, and you know the animation for them. I can't believe they say it on her face sometimes. Yeah. You know, like when she went face down into the sand. Yeah. As a man who wears glasses, (laughs) impossible. (laughs) The accuracy. Maybe that's it. Maybe her gift is she keeps her glasses. The lack of accuracy is is what Rogers. That's appalling. Appalling. Yeah, maybe her gift is her glasses don't fall off and, and that's and right. They don't ever get <laughs> get scratched. <laughs> Nothing. Like talk about getting hosed for gifts. If that's your remember the one X Men and X Men three whose gift is he like like spikes out of his body. You ah, literally yeah. you literally have to hug someone to kill them. So <laughs> like what a what an awful thing. But anyway, yeah, no, that's just a funny thing. Is like, I'm. Where would you have taken this? How would you, what are some subtle changes you would have made to the story that would have you would have done? I'll tell you the subtle change I would have made because this is my this is my big problem with the movie. All right, and it's not for this. You went right into this. You're I ready. did. I was <laughs> You're ready. I do. I would. I do not like it when movies do the whole cop out move where like things are going terribly wrong, and it's not the person's fault, but yet everything lines up to make it seem like the person's fault. I think it's a cop out in storytelling. Because all the things that are going wrong with the house, they're blaming her for it. They're blaming her, and like things are happening at just the right time to make it seem like her fault, and all this stuff. I hate that. It's stupid. Well, it's a, it's a stupid. It's a like how dumb are these people in this universe? You could make this whole movie happen without everyone being mad at her because she's breaking the house. Because she's not, and she knows. And so here's the thing: she knows she's not breaking the house. But well, yet, it's all it's like it, the convenience of everything is letting it seem like it, and everyone's mad at her for it, especially Abuela. Well, so, like, so do the sisters. Like a reference later, where the one sister is like, "When you said the house was cracked, I felt weak." Yeah, You're like exactly. how come you didn't say that last night, asshole? Well, yeah, <laughs> that's not what I mean. It's like I hate that. This whole, is why I hate my sisters. <laughs> <laughs> shit like this right here. Well, it's like it's like. I just don't like that whole point where, like, it's like, you know, all these things are going wrong. We're going to blame the good guy. And it just keeps on carrying on that way. We're going to blame the one person in this house who doesn't have powers for every bad thing that happens. Well, that's the thing. It's going wrong around and and this person being the only one to try to fix them and not everyone not think it's her fault. You can still write that movie. You don't have to make it, like, conveniently her fault. 
and everyone else's eyes and put that struggle in the way. It doesn't serve any purpose besides it being there because it's a common movie trope. I think it's a cop out. It is, yeah. but you're not wrong. Yeah, it, it is it. the whole time. Yes. <laughs> Chris, you're not wrong. Yeah, it's frustrating. Of yes. all the hundreds of Disney movies, though, or, you know, tons, however many there are, half of them at least do that. That's what I mean. It's played out. We well, don't have to do that anymore. Part of that, sorry, sorry. I think I, I know wh- why it's that way. Yeah. Remember, this movie doesn't really have a clearly defined villain. True. That's part of that. Because when you don't have a clearly defined villain, you have to have an antagonistic thing happen. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're right. Yeah, you're exactly right, Roger. Could, right there. Could the strife of the family being in turmoil because they're losing their powers after living their lives with their powers for so long be the turmoil? Why is it? Why can't? Why does that have to? Why does something else have to be the antagonist? Why does that have to be the antagonist? Because if they don't blame her, she can't fix it. No, she can fix it. Mm. She can fix it. Mm. She does, and it's not her fault. It wasn't her fault to start with, though. Exactly. So that's my point. She she fixes it anyway, whether it's her fault or not, or they think it's her fault or not. She's trying to fix it. Doesn't got to be her fault. What happened to the candle? Who fucking cares? It went out. I the just, candle went out, and then that was yeah. But I mean, and then it was just gone. She grabs the candle. And it, well, it, it ends up getting lost in the rubble when the house falls down. Oh no, she had it in her hands. It was burning. It just snuffed itself out. Here's the thing. I, I don't know why Disney is afraid to. I don't know why Disney is afraid to have. You think they need more death? <sighs> I mean, I was gonna I was gonna word it differently, but. Oh, that's what he meant. God, I, I was just kidding. Well, especially with Frozen Two. Well, you thought well, you thought when the house fell down, they all should have died. No, I'm not. No, somebody though, Abuela. I don't know why they're afraid to let some characters go in the in the story. Let them like when with I mean, there are so many different points in this movie where someone would have died if this happened. Well, I mean, if you want to talk about Frozen for a sec, we have to understand that Elsa probably killed thousands of people when she froze everything over, right? Yeah, true. Yep. So that's one of those things yeah. you don't you know, like when Transformers are fighting in downtown <laughs> Los Angeles, they're killing <laughs> thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> Yeah, I assume that many people died from hypothermia that night. Oh, yeah. You remember when Godzilla I mean, was... She froze that place for like a week. Yeah. Remember when, Hundreds of thousands dead. Remember when Godzilla fought and the, those those like four Navy or those four like aircraft carriers went down killing like... A or person. Godzilla versus Kong versus <laughs> Mecha Godzilla yeah. in the middle of... Uh, where was that? Uh, Hong Kong? Yeah. Yeah. Millions dead. Millions dead. Millions dead. <laughs> Never addressed. Millions dead, millions homeless, millions buried in the rubble, never to be rescued. Like, yeah, yeah, cool. Trillion dollars in damage. It's just one of those things that you never really acknowledge. But no, my thing is, why is Disney afraid to let it, like, take characters down to almost nothing? Because, I mean, that's that's the whole reason, you know, the, the whole thing with Heroes and the Villain. The villain takes the hero down to his lowest or his or her lowest point first in most movies, and then they come back. Disney is always afraid to do that. Is it because it's is it, is it because it's 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 a PG kind of thing, and they don't yep. want to take it so dark? But like those first, like let's just say those first twenty years of Disney movies, those openings are so dark. So why wouldn't they? Why would they do it for the opening? It's sometimes racist. Well, most of the time back then, Usually. racist. But <laughs> I just don't understand why. I mean, story dictates where your characters go, not the fact that you're a PG-rated thing. The story should take your writers. The story should take the characters where they go, not like a. Uh, well, we can't kill someone, or we can't. I honestly think someone. they take those risks more in the Pixar side of it. True. Than they do on the anymore, yeah. the regular animation side. Yeah. Listen. I mean, what was the last Pixar? The one we didn't like to onward. 
Onward, okay. okay. Onward took some really like interesting take. Yeah, so did I. Because Onward is different, right? Mm-hmm. Onward's kind of darker, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about somebody meeting their dad or whatever they never really met. Like that's that's kind of different for Disney to talk about anyway. I think when it's something that's like way out of bounds by normal standards, that's where they're like, maybe this is a Pixar story yeah. than it is the regular Encanto animation story. So I don't know. Also don't understand why Disney doesn't do any hand drawn animation stuff anymore. That's that's some of the best some of the best and most memorable stuff we've ever had. Now listen, I Animation wise, I think this movie's great. I think but the, I think the technology is just just different. Just now. better. Well, hold on. Yeah, well, let's, well they, let's, I mean, they don't hand draw anything anymore. Hold on. Let's, let's take anyway. a minute and talk about the different animation style for the short on this one. That was that was closer to what you're talking about, right? The short. The, the no, I didn't watch the short. I went in. Yeah, I, I missed. It the was short. it was ending as I was coming in. Oh, the the raccoons. Yeah, it was. It's a good little. It's a good little short. I, I like it, but that was more of a. That was closer to what you were talking about. Is that the the, the hand drawn, almost stencilless kind Always of animation? It. So I think we don't have the hand drawn animation more because Disney wants it to feel as close to realism as they can get it sure. while still being a cartoon. You know, still being oh, I get that. You know what I mean? I think the connection that the kids have with the characters they create to them is important, more important than it being hand drawn. And okay. I think that I think that's just the the natural avenue for that now. That's why even like your Disney Junior shows. All your kids. Almost shows, all those are all they're all animated, animated. now. Mm-hmm. They're you know they're no longer drawn anymore, so it's not cartoon style. Yeah, I guess I never thought about that. That's I, a think, good point. I think that's what it is. I mean, it's still it's a damn impressive animation style, though. No, no, it looks good. It looks beautiful, but it's just one of those things. I think that's just the natural progress for how things are going to go because they feel like the people connect to it more. Can I ask you guys one question and yeah. then we'll wrap up? Yeah, it's it's more of an animation cartoon thing than it is just just movie. So. Disney has always been known for their pretty solid animation, sometimes excellent animation, and their music. That's okay. your opinion. Okay. Uh, thanks. Um, <laughs> you ever wonder, like, so Netflix has gotten pretty decent into making some animated stuff. They have. What would it take for Netflix to really go toe-to-toe with them in an animated musical feature? What would it you take? think they got the balls to do it? I, I think Netflix wants the balls. I just think they've been. And listen, we we've seen them do great things with animation, like Mitchell's versus the Machine. That's going to be a big one. Well, that's that was but that but that wasn't that was but, Sony. But you animation. understand my point, though. Like they they're okay with putting money into animation and to market it for them. Like, what would it take for them to just like, hey, we're going to do something in house? It's going to be there's going to be there's going to be four songs in this bad boy. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got, think they'd do it? I mean, this, or is it even worth going down that this fight? Is the, this is the company that we got, that we absolutely got Mitchell's and Machines, and then we got Animal Crackers from. Well, hold on, so hold, hold on. Let's be fair. Range. Hold on, let's be fair. Mitchell's versus Machines was a Sony movie that Netflix bought and put on their streaming true, platform. True. So yeah. that's not Netflix. But Animal Crackers okay, is well, definitely it doesn't, it doesn't have to be Netflix, yeah, yeah, yeah. though. But will somebody go down that route? Well, hold, hold on a second. We're, we've been talking about Disney movies. All three... How to Train Your Dragon movies are, if not a nine, if if not a ten, they're those a nine. are not musical movies, though. No, True. they're not. But they're, they're those are listen. Those are as good as animated stories as you can tell. That is not what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I, it, there's a difference. I agree, with Roger, on that because because it's a whole it's a whole different vibe for a kid. It's it's a completely different thing. Because like you know, if my kid wants to watch, which my kid likes How to Train Your Dragon, she's not going to watch How to Train Your Dragon. 
if she wants something that's light and cheery and, you know, and, you know, her and her sister wants to sit down and watch it, who's, who's younger than her, she's going to turn on Frozen or Mulan or something. She's not going to turn on How you Train Your Dragon. That's a okay, good point. We got a movie like Trolls, which didn't do original songs. It did all like, yeah, like, like modern songs. songs. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, Trolls it, is probably the closest thing we have to something like that. Because it's just all music based. Yeah. Yeah. But it just, it just kind of lives in that wheelhouse naturally. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you know, they're going to go up against it. It was just, yeah, like, it doesn't hey, feel the same. You know, what, what do trolls do? They party. All right, cool. Well, there'll be music here. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what it comes down to. No, I like the question because I mean, I think we're knocking on the door that soon. I don't know. who. I, so here's the thing though. Is it going to be Disney first? I mean, uh, Netflix first, or is it going to be a different streaming platform? Well, it's got to be Netflix. I don't even know it's got to be right. Well, I mean, I don't know. DreamWorks is owned by NBC and Peacock. They have the money. Yeah, but like you said, Trolls is a Well, I mean, they did thing. Trolls, so yeah. I know that they can do that. Yeah, but didn't they also do, um, you know, like a few other ones that had no singing in it and like they haven't done well, though, no. too? And it will sing. Sing's a good, you know. Example. But see, that's also not, a, that's not original music. Okay, okay, well, yeah, that's also fair. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's hard. I think we're close to that. We have to be. We you know, can't be too far these, from it. Because a, a lot of these companies are getting huge in this avenue. I think Netflix is your easiest, you know, hey, you know, they're probably going to do it soon. But Amazon's got a lot of money. And they put out they put out some good stuff every now and then that is original. I've never really checked out their animated stuff, but I know they do it. Yeah. So. I would imagine a lot of people are scared to do that. I mean, it, it's a risk. Because here's the thing. It's either you do it and you're like, hey, we can do it. Or you try really hard and it sucks. And you're like... We're never doing that again. Well, like it's almost like like this is Disney's wheelhouse, so why would we try? You know, it's like you know True. Disney has this is you know we don't have Disney's audience, we have this audience almost kind of. Well, thing. just remember, nobody went at Pixar until somebody did. True, and then when somebody went at Pixar, you got How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, which True. I mean, which look, is if you bring your A game, you can do it. You just have to go all in. Yeah. You I can't. Would, I mean, you I, can't half-ass it. I would put. You know what I mean, I would put any of those dragon movies against the best of any Pixar and Disney any day, and it would. If it didn't win, it would be damn close. Be close. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. It's just got to be in the. It's got to be in the same league. Well, see, one it, movie it, I can it, remember is Anastasia. I don't know what that is. What? Remember Anastasia from '97? Nope. Fox did. It was a big deal. That's a Fox animation, though, if I remember. And who did the Prince of Egypt? Who was that? That wasn't Disney. I don't. I'm sure that wasn't Disney. But like, the, the the that's the thing is like we can't even think of any. Nope. So that means that people have to purposely not be doing this. But I mean, if there's a studio that's going to try it, it's going to be Netflix. That's what I figured. Yeah, that's why I yeah. posed that yeah, question. Yeah, it, it, that makes the most sense for them to give it a shot. It's like I said, we, we got to be getting close. Because was, was there a song and dance in Fern Gully? I don't remember. I don't remember. What about and All what, Dogs Go to Heaven? Yeah, Fern Gully. Fern had had. There was no song in Fern Gully, no. But there was like a few like 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 magical scenes that were like kind of like just like like cuts of like. Maybe they're going to sing an Avatar. Oh jeez, no, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> I was All actually right, so. I was actually just thinking about that. Is Avatar the way yeah. the reason the reason we haven't seen those? Well, I was trying to get original numbers. You had to animate the Navi. I, <laughs> I was thinking the reason we haven't seen those in relation to um, the last duel is they're waiting for the world to go back to normal. I'm sure of it. That's why I mean sure. they're 100 percent waiting for the world to go back to normal. So that's why we haven't seen any of those. But I wondered today is anyone going to is anyone going to care about those movies when they come out? Has Fox nope. invested Has Fox invested a billion dollars into a franchise that no one cares about anymore? <laughs> yep. 
Oh, James. I would Cameron. be surprised if Fox threw away money into the franchise. I can't even. It's Disney now. Outside so, of yeah. those late '80s, '90s animated movies that tried to do what Disney was doing, I can't even think of any. Yeah. That I mean, Girl, that's saying something. I got one more question for you guys about this movie, and we can go right. to score it. Okay. Um, what'd you guys think of the ending? Fitting. Yeah. Well, I, I, am, I have for it. I, I was good with it. I am not Maybe a fan. Did we get a second in Canto? I unfortunately do because it's making great money. Why do you I, say unfortunately? Canto's a fine movie. Well, I, I also like original. I also like Disney not to spend time on all these. Like Frozen's already the franchised thing. I'd rather so, just see different original things. So the moment where she got her door handle, fucking cut me deep. Like it hit me. It hit me in the feels. I oh were you, wait. You were surprised. I that that her door. No, I wasn't surprised, but. Dad felt that one. Oh you know man, Jesus! I got, I got all, I got all misty. I did. I felt it. I looked right at my kid. I was like, "No, I can't do that. I can't cry." <laughs> well, you know, oh man, you it see, got me. It was you good. See, that that calls back to this to the one of the the arguably the strongest moment in this movie is when she is hiding behind the curtain and that little kid is asking her for help to go to walk through all those people mm-hmm. and try the door. That's an mm-hmm. excellent excellent scene and of course that we just talked about harkens back to because she walks him and then and in that scene she's scared and doesn't want to go to the door and he walks her that's the yeah. that's the reciprocal to that scene yeah well it was just like in that moment like you know she like, like she had finally been in, like she finally felt like she was at home in her own home you know sure. she finally felt like she was at home and that was that was big. I thought it was I, good. I'm not a big but, fan of uh, victory with with no with no loss whatsoever. I'm just not yeah. a fan of it because it's, I know. not it's, enough people died in this movie for but, Christ. You know, no, it's not like Disney's going to get too much of a, a that's. Well, you see, I would have <laughs> you see, I, I would have been fine with it if for some reason I would have been fine with it if the house didn't end up being magical again. You know, townspeople come together, everyone helps each other, the community is as strong as it ever was, and they don't need yeah, magic but, anymore but, to make it like but that. But you can't get in Canto 2 if the house isn't magical. Well, of again, course you know not, I mean? but you can't because, see because, because Canto 2 is going to be her on her quest to go find her power. The whole you know town's I mean? going to be magical. <laughs> everyone but her still. <laughs> I mean, so they've already said, <laughs> so the people that do Frozen have already said, we're not going to see, the next Frozen movie is 2028. That's probably about right. It's 2021 right now. Well, I mean, they went five years in between. Yeah. I mean, that's whatever. Frozen came out, what, 2019? It's already been two years. Yeah, so. I mean, mean, the earliest you're going to see was 25 anyway. That's true. But, I mean, how long is it going to make them? Is it going to take them to make an Encanto sequel? I don't have any idea how long these movies take to make now anyway. As soon as they feel like they need it, they'll show it out. I mean, it feels like every time they're like, hey – have you seen this movie's coming out? It'll be like, yep. And then there's a movie coming out. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I have some. Not, not everything is Avatar. So, you know. Let, okay, just, just because I'm I mean, curious. listen, they pumped out 40 Marvel movies in time between <laughs> Avatar 1 and however. Yeah, and, and whenever we get to. Oh my God. You, wait, hold on. Hold on a second. Fucking 40 Marvel wait, movies, on, seven was, series. Hold on. When, <laughs> Jesus. Well, let me put this into perspective for you. When was Iron Man? 2008? Yeah. So... Minus one year, it's been the entirety the of entire the entire MCU. MCU has come out. We got, hold on, we got, we got, we got the entirety of Game of Thrones in between this. We have, I mean, my lord, we've gotten literal like two game generations, gaming console generations, probably like seven PC generations. 
Well, let me let me let me just ask one last question before I wrap it up, if I could. Raya and the Last Dragon. Which movie did you guys like more? Which movie resonated with you more? This one or I think this movie's better than Raya. Yeah. Yeah, definitely I like this one more than Raya. I would agree with you on that one. I was Raya wasn't terrible, but this was just better. Well I never understood why the dragons looked the way they looked over. That's just Japanese. I, I know. Yeah. I, I get it. That's but it was their version of they it. were like weird furry unicorns and that's just how they are, I, you know, that culture, man. You, you know, you we talked about it then. You know, I still That's just how it is, nope. man. I prefer the 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 Roman traditional dragon, you know, but that's just how that you know, they depict their dragons. That's I prefer fine. the Skyrim, the Alduin dragon model, thank you. That's Roman Catholic dragon. The, yeah. yeah, the Smaug. I prefer the Smaug. Uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll go first if you guys don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, lay it on us, Grayson. I really enjoyed Encanto. I didn't expect to uh, because usually going into a Disney Why? movie – Well, I'm giving you my reasons. I the, the, the trailer for a Disney movie – I mean, Disney movies are a reason for celebration. They're a reason because they're a big deal. I just wasn't feeling Encanto. I don't know what it was, but for the same – I mean, I wasn't feeling a ton of movies in the past 10 years, a ton of Disney movies, you know, but – and Kanto really surprised me. I, I'm personally, I'm giving this movie an eight. Hmm. I really enjoyed Encanto. I thought the story was strong. I liked Mirabelle. Um, I really enjoyed, you know, the several aspects of this movie. I enjoyed so much more about this movie than I didn't enjoy. So I left very happy, very, very fulfilled in my movie going experience for Encanto. Eight is where it sits for me. Want me to go? Or you want to go? I'll go. Okay. So I. Thought this was a weird Pokemon movie, right? <laughs> no. Ash from Palatown is not here. Yeah, right. Like he, where's he at? No. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. I, but during this watch, I there was not a single point I can remember where I wasn't enjoying myself with this movie, and it happens quick, and it's fun the whole way through. I was pulled in. The songs were fine. One that really sticks out more than others, but I don't know. Characters are strong. The message was good. I love the message for, you know, as a dad and, you know, my kids and the ending got me and I'm ready. For, I'm ready for Encanto too. So I'm going to give this an eight. This is a strong movie in my opinion. Man. I like, so you lot. wouldn't say it's in Kant. It's in Canto. Hey, yo. My God. Right. My God. <laughs> we went the entire episode without Rod. We went, hold on. It took two hours for Roger to say that. I thought he would say it much sooner. <laughs> I didn't make a single Pokemon reference. During the- <laughs> I, I was that. surprised. I, I expected a dozen of them. but All right. So the real short version of this movie is, listen, Encanto is good. Uh, I don't think it's great. Um, it's not Frozen level good. It's not Aladdin good. It's not bad, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go quite as high as you guys. I gave it a seven. Okay. Um, I think it's very serviceable. I think my kid might like it. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe. That's different for It is. For it is. Um, but I would be anxious to watch it again when it hits Disney Plus yeah. in a month or so, whenever they're going to do that. And um, I'm, I, I was very happy with it. So, seven. Yeah. I think I think my biggest thing is, is that, like, I'm already ready to watch it again. Like, I'm excited to see it again. That's a good thing. And I think that's where, that's why it sits so high with me. Because I usually don't feel that way when I watch, you know movie with my kids stuff i see it it's great whatever i have kind of similar like mitchell's and the machine vibes i want i, I want to see this again so speaking yeah. of that's the question i didn't ask i usually do so roger your daughter did not watch this movie with you guys no 
kid, Chris, did your kids, did your daughters? Oh yeah. Yeah. I took, yeah. I had them in theaters, man. It was and, awesome. And they were, they enjoyed it thoroughly. My seven year old. Yes. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Okay, good. My three year old was a demon, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is she one of the criers or the talkers or doesn't she, she just run around? Oh no. No, Chris was the cry. Yeah, yeah, I was <laughs> crying. <laughs> I'm actually surprised Grayson didn't say anything about that. I didn't. I, I mean, there was a part where, like, I, if they pushed it further, I could have, but I just didn't. I go to a lot of therapy. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, maybe it's not enough therapy. Look, I'm that's I'm a movie crier. That's, I admit it. Well, that's not even a joke. On that. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, this has been a long-winded episode. This has been episode 255 of For the Love of Cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. But most importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. I'm Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check out the page on Facebook for the Love of Cinema and send us an email to for the Love of Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. Also, look forward to some. Hopefully at the beginning of the new year, we'll try some YouTube stuff. Still deciding on that. And next week, uh, it's kind of a slow week for us, but we're doing two streaming movies, as Roger previously mentioned, on Netflix, Tick, Tick, Boom. It's a musical with Andrew Garfield and ensemble cast. And a movie on HBO Max, 8-Bit Christmas, which is all about kids, I think in the 80s, getting a console that they wanted. Or maybe it's not the 80s. Maybe it's today, but they're just talking about consoles. I, I don't know. I haven't... Do you guys know which one that was? What nope. time period would gap? Super <laughs> Nintendo. But I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a good time. So check it out there. Yeah.